and the quarterback is toast. Welcome to the Mesh Movie Podcast. <laughs> I like it. I love it. Indeed. It is um, after Christmas, but before New Year's. Somehow we ended up tr- ended up squeezing some time together. So. I hate Star Wars. <laughs> oh no, you don't hate Star Wars. Chris, Chris, it's okay. Love Star Wars, just hate the fandom. Dude, okay, so I'm gonna I wanted to say something before you go into this. I went back and I listened to the old prequel episodes. You mentioned this. There's no way I got more mad at the prequels than I did at the Rise of Skywalker. There's Chris, absolutely no way. Do you understand it took 10 minutes for me to try and get you to stop yelling at me at how bad the Clone Wars animated movie was before you saw Food Fight? <laughs> you were like, no way, this was the worst thing I've ever seen. There's ever. No way. And I'm like, dude, don't know. Dude, you, you, like, my point is, is you're a passionate, yelly dude. Like, that's what I love about you, man. Like, you've broken my eardrums and I'm not going to be able to hear it at 70, and I love you for it. I'm just saying. You are passionate about this thing when you don't like it. You get passionate about it because that was the whole point of this podcast in the first thing, to be animated and entertaining and let it out. Okay. Your Clone Wars thing, and I'm sorry, your Attack of the Clones episode, woo doggy boy. Like you were, you absolutely hated that. How much you yelled at me during the Revenge of the Sith episode just because I didn't think that the dialogue in the first 20 minutes was as charming as you thought it was. Because I was like, I, I don't think there is no exactly. way I was Dude, that Chris, toxic back then. Listen, There's no, no way I was that toxic you, back then. You listen to it, Chris. No, Chris I'm not saying you were that toxic. What I'm saying is that you were that mad about it. You were like, you hated Attack of the Clones that much. You were like, I, the first words out of your mouth on that episode is, I'm never watching this movie again. Like, I still haven't. I haven't since. <laughs> My, po- my point is, is that when you hate something for fun and like everything you were doing for the podcast, you were just as animated and into it and you were tapping into the fact that you really don't like that movie. You think it's a bad movie and that's fine. But when you l- listen to the Phantom Menace episode when I'm not there or you listen to the Attack of the Clone episode and it's you and Travis, the things you guys talk about are crazy, minute and specific and in like into it. Like when I jump in for the... Uh, Attack of the Clones, you went off because you were like, you couldn't figure out how this one person could talk to another person about, like, I, I forgot who it was, like, the, the background of what uh, Obi-Wan was looking into on the clone planet, and all the raininess before they all met up with the monsters and stuff, like, you had a mass, you just couldn't get it through your head, you were so mad, you're like, I'm gonna come back to this, guys, and then at the end of the episode, you brought it up, and like, Zach and I calmed you down, because that's how detective stories go, and you were like, oh, okay, I get it, but how like mad about you you were about that one little thing that neither Zach or I caught, and how much you're letting go for Rise of Skywalker says everything. It's not because one movie is better than the other, like on like Star Wars terms. It's because Rise of Skywalker is a genuinely more like entertaining movie most of the time than Attack of the Clones is. Like you don't like the romantic stuff, so since you don't like that movie in general, it's so much easier for you to find the things that you don't like. And the problems you don't dig. But when it comes to Skywalker, which I admit, it has some fun stuff. Like, I don't think it's a non-entertaining movie. So, you like that one more. Like, you have a better time watching it. You swallow the bigger pills they give you because they give you something better to taste as you drink it with. So, like, 
it's about where you aim your anger and what's your anger at. And to be honest, in both cases, I think you're justified. Like Attack of the Clones, again, I, I like the last 30 minutes despite its logic because it's entertaining. It doesn't make any sense. But I like it compared to everything else in that movie because everything else is slow and dumb and not entertaining and just annoying to watch. So, I don't, I don't like, think Rise of Skywalker is entertaining, but that's just me. All I'm saying is, like, all, all the anger and fun and stuff you're going through, like, I understand it. I saw it coming. Don't beat yourself up about that stuff. But once you go on Twitter and deal with other people, like, <laughs> different story. Like, don't, Twitter is the worst. That's where all the idiots go. Like, don't well, do that. Uh, that idiots that's... don't go to Twitter. Idiots go to Reddit. But, yes, you, your, your, your point still sticks. I, I'm idiots go to both, but like I, uh, I don't think you hate Star Wars. I think you're annoyed by the fandom because it's the idiots that feel justified by the movie that was made for them. That's why we you didn't expect Last Jedi to be the thing it was, and you enjoyed it. Other people did not enjoy that, but you enjoyed it. So the people that didn't get to enjoy it, they got their they got what they feel is what they were owed, and. That's going to suck for now, but over time, I think you're going to win out, man. Like, I think over time, out of all three movies, Last Jedi is the one that's going to, like, be the best looking. It's going to have the best impact. Like, it's going to age the best. And I'm not going to sit here and say right side of history argument, but I am going to say, like, it's the, it's the fact that they feel justified. That sucks. I agree. It's a whole movie that justifies these idiots that are now louder because they got what they wanted and it sucks it really does but as you've said throughout this time like there are things about it that are good there are things about it that are entertaining as a star wars fan i get it like i do like i i admitted to you that like the more i think about it the more i dislike it but also i i stand by the fact that it's a got good times in it it's a fun ride kids aren't gonna know that let me let me tell you something and take this from as a personal thing I've been told the the biggest story in the world about the original trilogy, this comes from my uncle about critical consensus, is that in terms of critical consensus right now, this sequel trilogy does mirror the original trilogy. Everyone loved the first one. Force Awakens is universally considered one of the best Star Wars movies. Uh, I'm not making that leap. Nope, I'm going to stay right here. I'm staying right here at this cliff. Staying right here at this cliff. Right over here, guys. Hold on. Over here. Chris? I'm not making that leap. Uh, I can't. Just throw a rope on you here real quick. Yeah, real quick. Just right around my neck. Go ahead, Zach. Go ahead. You know what? Make it a fire hose. Make it a fire hose in a 30-story building. Stop talking so I can finish. (laughs) He's talking to that. On On initial critical consensus... And on initial release, people didn't like Empire at all. They hated it, actually. And then, obviously, some people liked Return of the Jedi. Some people didn't like Return of the Jedi. But look, at where, but look at where those movies are 40 years later now. Empire is the best movie. Not even a question. It's not even a question that Empire is the best Star Wars movie. I'm telling you, man, 20, 30 years from now, man, people are going to put Last Jedi... Second or third, somewhere up there. It's it's not quite as good as Empire. You could argue it's it's better or worse than New Hope. That's up to opinion. But it's good, dude. And it's going to age so well, like Alex said. And honestly, when you look back at it, 
Rise of Skywalker is not going to age quite as well. It'll be fun. Like people will like it. People will grow on it, kind of like they did on Return of the Jedi. But dude, the sky's the limits on Last Jedi, dude. That movie's going to be in ten, in ten, twenty, thirty years. It's going to age like fine wine, man. It's going to taste great too. Also, so we've been we we've been talking at you for a bit, Chris. So what's going through your head? Okay, so I actually. Alex, you'll be disappointed. You already know this, but I missed my window to see Die Hard on Christmas because mom wanted to go see Rise of Skywalker on Christmas and I had a Christmas party to go straight that I had to go to straight after that. So I missed my window. Um, but you did get to see the movie again. You did get to see Skywalker again. I did. When I, when I saw it the second time, I realized this movie was not made by a human being. It was, in fact, made by a software. Probably, yeah. <laughs> a committee, for sure. Not one mind. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, let's let's move off Star Wars, or Rise of Skywalker a little bit and talk about kind of what we've been watching over the holidays, eh? That would oh, be the movie I watched over the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is, um... That's all I got, guys. That's all I got. That's all uh, I got. What have you, what have you uh, done? Well, besides is, the Mandalorian. Zach and I did watch um, Die Hard on Christmas, which is great. Um, uh-huh. I did get a chance to see a movie with my dad last night that I really liked. Um... It was about uh, these two sisters who live together in New York. Their father's a playwright, and one of them has a daughter, and the other one's like the one who takes care of everybody. And they're trying to get this one play out, and things are just getting real hectic. The dad's being just like the worst about it. And um, the daughter is just standing there talking with him. She's hit her brink, and she says, probably one of the worst things you could ever say to your father. Um, and he has a heart attack and he dies. So uh, the daughters are like, wow, that sucks. And we need to finish this play. It's his dying wish. So they go to the will reading and they find out that their dead mother is alive and oh. that she's a soap opera. Chris, Go on. Go on, please. No, no. You, you, you should laugh. That's where I was like, really? The mom's alive and she's a soap opera star? What's going on in the movie? Uh, and I loved it. It was a perfect balance between uh, like sentiment and reality. Um, it, it had some great moments. Um, it, it was like uh, it, it had a little bit of a Tenenbaums feel about it, but also like a little bit of the HBO show High Maintenance. Just really good shots of New York and stuff. And uh, every all the women in it are great. Uh, Alec Baldwin shows up for a little bit. Um, and I really loved it. Like it just, it, 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 I just eased into the characters and I loved it because every complication and conflict they had was understood that they would apologize to each other later because they were family. It was just understanding that the rhythms that make them a family that they've fallen into are also like the things that will destroy them. Like, you, you're very good at taking care of your family, but also like if you don't get a life, you're, you're gonna like destroy them. You're you're just gonna be a, a spiteful person and hate everyone. It's 
it's really amazing. I, I liked just how simple it was. There were some problems with it, so it's not like a perfect movie, but I'd say like a solid, a solid B. Maybe maybe C plus because there were a couple of things after a while where I was like I don't know, but it was called Before You Know It. It was directed by I think uh, I'm looking it up now, Hannah Pearl Oot, and uh, I liked it a lot, and I highly recommend it to anybody. And uh, uh, I watched Shop Around the Corner because that's a very, uh, that's a favorite Christmas movie of mine. So and about watched About Time again. I love About Time. I showed About Time to people, and like I was working, and the, my client's daughter came over and. We were. Just, I was showing her how to how I set up Netflix in his house, and she, I saw about time, and I was like, "Oh, I love that movie." And she's like, "What's that?" And I explained it, just the plot, and she was like, "What? Turn it on." And I did, and by the time I left, she was like mouth open at certain moments. She was like, ah. "Like I knew she. It's the it's the best. I love about time. It's the greatest movie." <laughs> so uh, I did my normal Christmas routine of uh, watching uh, Nightmare Die Hard, which I. Had to watch for this anyways, but I was going to watch it no matter what. Uh, I also watched uh, the first two Home Alones, and I watched uh, the 1951 Christmas Carol, because I'm weird like that, and I love watching old movies. But uh, uh, this this holiday season has been mostly dominated by TVs this year, actually. Um, I, I watched uh, the last chunk of The Mandalorian, and uh, I watched the Witcher, which I liked a lot. That show is very strong, and I love Henry Cavill in it. And I think he's got a very bright future on that show. Um, and then I tried on Christmas to go see Uncut Gems. Uh, didn't happen because Christmas sucks. But <laughs> as as Chris. <laughs> Alex and I know very well. Uh, trying to go see a movie impromptuly on Christmas is never recommended. Um, hey, I squeeze through the cracks. I dude, yeah, but I'm not squeezing in driving halfway across town to get front row tickets. So that's the difference. I was gonna say mine to the end, but I did. I did see Knives Out, and it was a couple days after. And like, dude, tell, me Scott was, tell me how it is. Tell me, Ryan Johnson very, crushed it. Very good. Very Thank good. You. That's uh, very um, super, very tight script. Um, uh, but I, I saw it a couple days after Christmas, and my theater was completely empty because I'm giving the credit that it came out around Thanksgiving too. But like my theater was empty, and Skywalker was still pretty full. Yeah, I mean, I I went and tried to do this on Christmas, and it didn't quite work out the way I wanted. Uh, <laughs> believe me, I was ready to go see anything from Knives Out to. Uh, to Frozen 2, to even trying to see Star Wars a second time, and that oh, man. didn't quite work out. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I ended up getting food instead and did that. Um, I did see, um, oh god, what's that new horror movie? Um, the right, you're not. Yeah, yeah. With Margot Robbie? Yes. I just know about it. Don't ask me how I know. Yeah. I just saw it. Uh, it's this woman who gets married into this family who like owns a giant gaming uh, industry, and they play this game every year where where the person getting married into the family has to play hide-and-seek while the family hunts them down to kill them. Ready or not. Yeah, I don't think that's Marco Robbie. So it's, but yeah. No, no, it, it is. It is. That's Marco Robbie? Yeah. 
Huh. Anyway, yeah, I, I haven't seen it yet. I completely forgot about it. Yeah, I did actually end up seeing that uh, over the holidays at some point. It sounds like the white female version of Get Out. Uh, by the way, it's not Margot. Yeah. Robin, what do you mean it's not? It's Samra Weaving. It's Hugo Weaving's niece. Hold like on. Her. What? Looks a lot like her, though. I will tell you that much. They are okay. they super twins. Okay, then. All right, yeah. fine. All right. Not, uh, not, not, uh, it's not a big deal because, like, that is a fair mistake. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. So, Hugo Weaving's niece. Um, so, um, yeah, I saw that. It, it was all right. Uh, I I saw a few other things, but uh, let's let's talk a little bit about that that Mandalorian, eh? Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. For me, I had a very bizarre Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So, um, Christmas Eve, I had to work and I had to go straight to church because I had to volunteer for the uh. Christmas Eve service. Um, the service was God in the Movies Christmas Edition. I'm like, when it was announced, I'm like, oh, okay. So I went straight to my pastor and I said, this better be a good movie. And if it is a Hallmark movie, I'm going to kill someone. Um, Did you seriously tell your pastor you were going to kill someone? No. Um, but he got the message. So I don't believe that. I don't know how he that did. happened. But, he right. did, because the movie was Home Alone. Oh, thank God. <laughs> and then my mom and my brother, um, on Christmas Day, after we had gotten home from Rise of Skywalker, she she watched uh, Home Alone with the Home Alone trilogy. With <laughs> she watched the third movie? No, 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 no. She watched... One and two, and then he watched three. Ew. Whatever. I uh, went to a Christmas party. I think, so. I think by the time you get to the sixth one, it was proper. So, but... I'm sorry, but I can't get off the Star Wars train quite yet. It's not that I'm mad. It's just really, 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 really funny. This is a very funny thing. I don't know if you guys heard... The way... I told you about this when we went to go see Joker. Collider was doing a poll of Star Wars fans to rank the ten rank the ten movies before Rise of Skywalker. And the rankings have finally come in and they are releasing them place by place. The first the bottom the bottom half have come out. Number ten okay. at the bottom, as voted on by the fans. It's Attack of the Clones. It's Attack oh. of the Clones. Oh, it's not Last Jedi. <laughs> I was hoping, I was hoping Phantom Menace. You know, I you know I stand by Phantoms the worst. I know, but I feel very much vindicated, only slightly. But I still hate this fan base. Um, number nine. That's you agree with them though. I did. Number nine. Solo, a Star Wars story. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> Number nine. <laughs> I disagree. Oh. Oh. Uh, I disagree. Too, it's I funny. It doesn't make me mad. It's just Solo was fine. 
I thought Solo was fine. Number nine, though. Number nine. (laughs) Number eight, The Phantom Menace. Wow. Oh, I I see that they actually have released all of them now. No, no, no. Let me go through them. Let me go through them, please. Please, let me go through them. Sure. Number seven, The Last Jedi. (laughs) Oh, that's not that surprising. Wow. They really don't like that movie. Number six, The Force Awakens. Mm. <laughs> Solo's number nine. <laughs> it's, probably, it's, probably, it's probably because people don't remember it. Maybe? I... I, I... I don't know, like, Phantom is so bad. <laughs> Phantom's is. so bad. Phantom should just be, like, not even on this list. It should just be, like, a footnote in the back of the magazine, just like, oh, yeah, Phantom Phantom happened. Sorry. Uh, Phantom. Phantom Menace. <laughs> we apologize for Phantom. Phantom over, like, Solo. That's, that's crazy. Like, Daniel Glover alone. Don- Donald. Donald. That yeah, no, no, sorry, no. sorry, Donald Glover. Childish alone. Gambino. Yeah. I know him. I know him as Childish Gambino. That's a fun. That's well, a fun. I think he's gonna stop. I think he's gonna. I think he's putting out one more album, and then he's gonna stop being childish. I no, I think he's done with Childish Gambino. I thought this is America's last one. Yeah. No, he's put out two more songs since then. But like, I I I don't know. I he's he's still performing, but he said he was gonna at least do one more album, and he just hasn't put out the album yet. Regardless, like, I think he... I, I've loved Childish when he was, like, just doing nothing but similes over Animal Collective tracks, though. Like, don't, don't get me wrong, I want more Childish. It's just, like, I... Considering how he's being respected through Atlanta and Lion King and this, like, I think he just wants to be Donald Glover, the uh, adult, now. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah. <laughs> it's number nine. That's It's just funny. Um... But um, yeah, Mandalorian's pretty good. Yeah, it has some problems in the middle, but every show does. Okay, I disagree. Mm. The middle of that show is not a problem. I mean, it's got it, it meanders, sure, but what story is being told anyway? Not nothing. That's the problem. There okay. Isn't being told that's exactly the he's problem keeping the ch- taking... he's trying to get the child to a safe place so of course I mean, he's gonna hop a freaking round i mean he's just farting around in space dude let's be honest and what's wrong with that what's yeah, wrong with that the tv show the tv show <laughs> yeah yeah what's wrong with that nothing it's just like boring <laughs> that's all so that's what's wrong with it it's boring don't say it's nothing well, yeah, that's that's what I'm getting at. It's it it's boring because nothing's happening. I disagree. There was a lot <laughs> happening in those episodes. Uh, no, maybe not... chapter five. I, I yeah. would have to I would have to watch to see whether I, I agree or I not. But at the same disagree. time, here's the thing, Chris. Those two middle episodes, episode seven and six and seven, literally only prove the point that he's still being hunted. That is the only exposition that. Truly... So what? There's nothing else to say. You could cut those. Let, let me ask. Let me ask you this, Zach. 
what is the difference in like just pick one of those episodes either one just one episode and i want you to tell me the difference between how does it affect the overall arc of the story but then what happens in the episode don't even think about the arc of the entire show just think about that episode what happens in it beginning to to end all right so i'll take for example the one that chris talked about in his blog a little bit literally by the way i have a blog uh, Meister Movie Reviews and uh, Essays on WordPress. Uh, check it out. Okay. I'll leave a Just link in plug Anchor. Later. Plug yourself later. I'm talking. It's the, best, it's the best place for Chris to get his thoughts out without us interrupting him. If you want to know my refined thoughts on The Rise of Skywalker and the future of Star Wars, just go there, because I'm not going to talk about it in real time. Hey, hey, go Chris. ahead, Zach. Chris. Chris. What? <laughs> plug in yourself. <laughs> You're <laughs> plugging yourself. Oh, that's gross. Go on. Thanks. Um, I do so, like that, so basically, uh, in the episode, he literally is just driving around, gets in a dogfight, has to land on Tatooine to to uh, some random character where there's some fun uh, prequel references. The stupid droids from the first uh, from episode one. And then he's sent on this bounty hunt temporarily to go hunt Ming Na Wen alongside, as as Chris put it, Zac Efron Light. Uh, no, I mean like, he's like light. third step down, like third rate. Whatever. It's bad. Point of the fact is, they run around, they do some stuff, they see some Tusken Raiders, they find her, he kills her, he comes back, finds out that Zac Efron, third rate Zac Efron, is. It's going to betray him to the people that have been hunting him. He kills them, and then they walk away. So basically the life of a bounty hunter in Star Wars. Yeah, and one... You understand there's no story like that in Star Wars? That's the exact thing that everyone's wanted from Star Wars, like, ever? That's what I've wanted. (laughs) That's literally what I've wanted. That's all people wanted from, like... That's all people wanted from both effects. No, I get it, Chris, Alex, but you have literally seven other episodes to do that that are just as inter- that are way more entertaining than this episode. Yeah, but what's wrong with just having a boring? Like the whole point is that he just has I'm not a mission. There's anything wrong like, with being boring? No, I'm not, okay. full of it's boring. I'm just saying. I'm just <laughs> saying. So if your so if your point is that <laughs> that the episode is like every other episode, it's just made boring. It's just shot boring. Yeah. It was directed by Dave Filoni, who was making. His directorial debut in live action. So he was not making his directorial debut in episode five. Ye- well, this was his first. Well, no, both of those episodes are the first first project. I need to stop being. Ta- I need to stop talking so close to the mic. Chris, episode one was his first directorial debut, and he yeah. nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he didn't nail this episode. No. So because the guy because the third rate Zac Efron sucks. I don't think it's because. Jay Cannaville sucks, but that's beyond the point. Either way, his performance was bad, I think. It was the weakest performance in the episode, I'll give it that, but I don't think it was that bad. uh... What I'm trying to get past, Alex, is me and Alex love this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful show directed by Joss, uh, created by Joss Wayne called Firefly. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, Firefly has a couple weak episodes. I'll admit it. It's a great show, but it's got a couple weak episodes where not much happens. Where it's just the crew farting around in space for a little bit, doing what they would have normally done. 
this episode reminds me a lot of those episodes where there's not too much action going on. It's just kind of stuff happening. That's not a bad thing. It's part of shows that are space westerns. It's part, it's part of the genre where you just go, you do a thing and nothing happens and you go on with your journey just to, to cover episodes. But I feel like when they're doing limited run episodes like they did with The Mandalorian where they only gave it eight episodes and they're doing them to slightly higher quality than normal TV... I think they could have cut two episodes, made a nice six, and been fun. I think they could have jumped straight from from episode four straight to episode seven. That's just my. Oh my god! I think that second. You have no sense of adventure. No sense. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So that's the argument I'm seeing here. You guys just vocalized both of them pretty efficiently. Um. Yes, I would have to see it to see whether or not I agree with Chris Please or do. not. Because Please. I see, because I, I see no problem with having a a show that's ten episodes long. Most of the episodes eight. are high adventure space. Okay, sorry, eight. So like, yeah, I get I get what he's saying. Like having a couple episodes where things are a little bit more slowed down, and you just kind of see a guy, a day in the life of a guy who lives in this world. That's kind of nice, to be honest. It's it's one of the things that makes Rogue One more interesting than other movies is because it's not a normal Star Wars movie. It's a story everyone understands. You know, World War II, people are going to go, Dirty Dozen, we know this stuff. But it's also within that world from different perspectives and different views. Like, that's all people really want from a visual medium, and no one really knows that that's what they want. It's it's super freaking weird that, like, Rogue One has risen, and it's mostly because of the way it looks and because it's a different story than the saga ones. Like, it's something else that they can go to when really not much happens in that movie that has any consequence until the last 40 minutes. And then those characters die and no one ever talks about them again. So why do people love that movie? Because it's different and it's a slowed down version before we speed things up again. So like if Chris is right and like I watch the episodes and I'm like, okay, well these are just slower down days in this world and I get the aesthetic of it, then I may agree with Chris. But if I watch them and I'm like, okay, this is obviously just, they didn't know what they were doing and these are padding. I'll be able to tell the difference. But, like, I see where you guys are coming from, from both sides. Don't think it was padding. I I felt like it was padding because they had eight episodes, and they just no. kind of wanted to give Dave Filoni and Rick Fuyama a second episode. That's my... <laughs> God. Oh, disagree. Don't get me wrong. Both directors are fantastic. They're very talented people. They do really great work. And I think mm-hmm. that Disney just wanted to give them a couple episodes and they it didn't have it. And they just wanted to give them a couple episodes just to have uh, uh, Pedro Pascal fart around space for a little bit with a Yoda lookalike. Like, Talk me off a cliff for a second. Sure. Talk me off a cliff. Both of you. Uh, Everybody says that. The, OK, ultimately, yes, Disney does own the property. Are we just going to ignore that Lucasfilm has is the middle management? No, they're not even middle management. They they have very little. Stay. They're just bypassed. So yeah, I would guess. This film works for Disney. Yeah. Okay, so then there's no between the creators, Lucasfilm and Disney. The creators answered. Lucasfilm Disney. is not the middle ground. Is not the is not the middle management. No, the creators. It goes like it, it could go either way. Either a Star Wars. Either a Disney looks at Lucasfilm and says, "Make this Star Wars film," or they go, "Make whatever you want." based off whatever idea you present to us and we like, and we're going to just let you do it. And then you present to us and we either say we like it, yes or no, and then we let you do it. Like, it's it's somewhere in the middle of there. Either there's a conversation and a communication back and forth where things 
things are equal, or either Disney wants something and Lucasfilm makes it, or Lucasfilm makes it and Disney either says yes or no. So it, that's what it is. It's My, probably it's probably the latter or the former. I forgot the order of which those. I'm were guessing presented it's to probably the former, so but you gotta you gotta also understand with Marvel, it's the latter though. Marvel just kind of makes whatever they want, and Disney just says go do what you want to do. But that's because well, I think they, trust they did earn it, though. They did earn it. Trust Kevin Feige to kind of do whatever and make a money. That's the difference, though. I, I think oh. Disney trusts Kevin Feige because he has been a success for so long now, and I think their conversations are now like their their communication is down to a point where they trust each other. That yeah. they can, one can present something to the other, knowing the other is either going to like it or not, or that they, an argument could be made in the first place. Like uh, for him to say, "I've got uh, Peyton Reed to come in and fix the Edgar Wright stuff." He's a very good comedic director, and he'll just, you know, handle the job professionally. He doesn't have a particular vision. He's just a very funny guy. And they come in and they're like, "Okay, sweet, do it." And then he's like, "I got this guy named Gun to make this really weird space movie. Trust me." And they're like, "Okay." That's because time and time and time again, Kevin Feige has stepped up and said, I'm going to make the right decision when it needs to be done. And sometimes he makes mistakes, so, but most of the time he's been a success. Uh, I think Kathleen Kennedy quite hasn't gotten to that point yet. Nope. I think the problem think... with that is because they don't have a singular voice making the saga. They decided to have more than one director do it. They decided to have JJK, JJ come in, start it, Ryan come in and create a new vision and then when Ryan came in and made a new vision, they said, here, make three new movies. And he was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do that, then, like, could you have somebody else finish this? Because, like, I can take a break. Then they had a guy come in. They didn't like what he said or he didn't like what they said. Regardless of whether we think Trevorrow sucks or not, most, mostly, I've been hearing that, mostly I've been hearing that it's a combination of they really genuinely didn't like what the other person had to bring to the table. And so they separated amicably. Like, it was a firing, but at the same time, Trevorrow just didn't really know what to do. Like, he was like, I don't, I don't want to do this, and I don't know what to do, guys. And they're like, well, we're just going to have to fire you. And he's like, oh, okay, I don't want to make the story you want me to make. And he left. So they brought in J.J., which I think was a bad idea. But, like, from the very, from the very first day of the older movies, which, again, I think one of the biggest problems is all of them are tied to these ones. And every time we deviate, things get weird. But... They had Lucas. He wasn't directing the films, but he was the singular vision of them all who started from day one. They haven't had that here. Sure, they have Kasdan around, but Kasdan just kind of came in and was like, your Han Solo isn't like the other movies. And it's like, well, what the hell are you talking about? And then things got weird. Like, they don't have that now. J.J. came in, did his mystery box stuff, walked away, and then they gave it to somebody else they trusted. The audience didn't trust him. And Disney freaked out, like threw him under the bus and brought JJ back without really thinking that he can't end things well. And so, it, like, they could have done everything they did in Skywalker. I just wish they picked a different director to end it on those terms. Because, yeah. like, JJ doesn't end, end things well. So, I just, I think that kind of sucks. Uh, at I, least on the terms of ending a trilogy. But at the end of the day. They even as such. Well, I mean, gah! They just don't. They just don't have a good singular voice in Star Wars right now. The same way that it's it's different with the DCEU. With the DCEU, they had a singular voice. It was just a bad one, and they all followed it. It just wasn't a good one. And in this one, like Kathleen Kennedy is like not working with one person to like handle the visual direction of this. They had one person come in, set everything up, and he was like, "All right, I set up the pieces. They better follow them right." And then the person came in and was like, "You know what? I kind of want to." 
kind of want to move things around. And they were like, wow, that's really good. And he was like, yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm going to go do it. They were like, cool. And then he did it. People hated it. And Disney was like, hey, could you, you know, like go make your knives out for a little bit? And they just threw them under the bus. Like they had yeah. no singular vision. They, by the fact that they didn't have one, it gave them all the freedom to throw them under the bus in the first place. The so other, like, regardless of whether you think that's good or not, they just don't have one. The other thing is, is Captain. <clears throat> okay. Okay. We, like, we're, we're getting into that territory, guys. Hold on. Yeah. We're getting get... into that territory. I, I get it, Chris. I'm really it. about to chuck my desk out the window. Okay. Just let me finish this last thing, and we'll we'll get it in. over with before I. Before I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say one last thing that I've been wanting to talk about, but before we finish the Star Wars stuff to you, Chris, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, keep... directed in, written and directed by Reddit. <laughs> I. Anyway, go ahead. Thanks. That would be great. Uh, the problem I've really noticed is that Kathleen Kennedy, to me, feels very hands off compared to Kevin Feige. Like, Kevin Feige, to me, seems like he's very hands-on with all the projects. He's kind of got a, his his fingers in everything and kind of trying to keep a similar vision going throughout all of them. While Kathleen Kennedy, like Alex, you said, is just kind of saying, hey, we got this idea here, this director, go do it. And doesn't do anything past that. Doesn't try to keep a singular vision or anything like that. Um, I first want to say... I'm not sure if that's true or not. I do think that if Kathleen Kennedy trusts an artist, she will let that artist do whatever they need to do or whatever they, they think is appropriate to tell the story, if she trusts them. And I, I want to highlight the fact that Kathleen Kennedy, before she worked on Star Wars, was a very successful Oscar-winning, Irving, Irving Thalberg Award-winning producer. The only female that's ever gotten it. We're like... That that is a very only twenty six have gotten out. I think like that yeah. that is she's good at her job. It just so happens that when it came to this like franchise, she has not been handling it properly. And I don't think that it's not. I don't know whether it's not she's hands on or not. I think the moment that things went wrong, she had to be hands on and did their best to approach it. But like they, JJ made a movie and people were okay with it. She took chances with Ryan. They liked him a lot. And they said, hey, man, make your movie. They probably still walked in and loved everything he did. Like, they, people loved the movie when it ended. Like, there's a, I'm pretty sure there's an article that came out when Jedi came out that all the execs were like, that was amazing, like applauded and stuff. Like, they liked it. It was the fans' reaction that changed everything. That was the thing. Like, everything was on par and successful until the fans saw that movie. And then things went wrong. And that's when she was like, oh, okay. And since there was no vision and Ryan was not making the third movie, like there were huge arguments with Trevorrow and huge sidesteps. She wasn't confident about what this, the decision she was making. And there was no Lucas or any or anybody from the very beginning to like help nurse it along. <clears throat> JJ didn't want to do it and they had to beg him back. And he was like, fine. But at the end of the day, like, he just wasn't the right person for the job. Regardless of the decisions he'd made content-wise, he just isn't good at ending things. It, it's just not what he does. And it, it didn't work out, I think, on the terms of saying we're going to end all movies of this saga when really you're saying we're just not going to make these movies for a bit because we're not good at it. We're going to make singular movies because we're good like with our scene. We're going we're gonna to make some shows. And really, like... They just didn't have a vision. And Kathleen Kennedy is perfect for finding someone with a vision 
was appropriate for a story and pushing it along. But they didn't have a story for this trilogy. They had a beginning. They had a pilot. JJ gave them a pilot, and that's it. Like, the lost pilot is amazing. But a lot of people don't like where that show goes. But that's just how it is. There's nothing in the mystery box. There's nothing there. And they didn't have one. And I, I know you could say that about the old movies, but at the same time, the person who made the decisions at the end of the day for that trilogy was the guy who made them from the very beginning. He was the guy who decided in his dorm room what these movies were. Like he, it, it was the brainchild. He knew what could work and what could fit from a guttural instinct. In fact, so much so that one of the ideas for the next episode of the trilogy that they didn't do necessarily was that well, Luke would be on an island somewhere and a female girl would go find him and he would train her. And guess what happened? They made that and people were like, that's a dumb idea. Johnson's stupid when really Lucas thought of that years ago. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, these movies, you could argue that because they didn't do any of Lucas's stuff, that's a problem. I'm sure you could have taken some of that stuff and, and done something with it. In fact, they did. So yeah. it, it isn't like they tossed it all out. So... No. But they don't have a singular filmmaking vision of modern-day storytelling that stuck with it beginning to end. Kevin Feige worked his way up with those movies, and he stuck them out all the way 10 years later. And it, it's a successful. And they don't have that now. They, they're making side movies, and they're making the saga like they're making the side movie. And I know one of the things that people wanted from Star Wars was different stories told in that universe, but they shouldn't have done it with their saga. Yeah, that's... There is one thing that I want to do before I die is read it's read Lucas's treatments for seven, eight, and nine. I have to know. Good I have to know. Good luck with that. <laughs> I have to know. The game is on. I have to know. Because if I read I, them and they're objectively worse than anything we can imagine then that's that changes everything <laughs> it's like I mean, the, it's like indiana jones looking for the looking for the, the ark of the covenant i mean as good as it is i think if you go back if they open at, it and everybody starts melting <laughs> if you if you look back far enough you know pre pre force awakens lucas did talk about it a little bit like wait not enough. Hey, back in the day. Like, I mean, not enough. You, I mean, if you look back, like, 2013, and you, he talked about, he was very open about what his ideas always meant to be. And he, there's lots of interviews of him talking about his ideas for that. He was never shy too much about it, especially after, after Disney got it and before Force Awakens really. Got made. He talked a lot about it, um, and there's a bunch of old concept images that he had too. And Mark Hamill has talked about like what Lucas explained to him and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Lucas wanted Lucas didn't want to make a Star Wars movie, so he sold it to Disney. But they wanted to use his story. <laughs> it gets me every time. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of stuff. Um, Sometimes the world is great. <laughs> I mean, Lucas, 
has talked quite a bit about some stuff. Um, like, I mean, I'm not, the white I'm slaver not, comment. Let's not forget that. No, I mean, yeah, he, I'm not, not going to sit here and say like he's the the messiah of this entire thing, and we need. Yeah. Like, but I am saying that like when you have a guiding voice in your story, someone there from the very beginning, things are going to work out a lot better than when you don't. Like you, can, the prequels may suck as just general foundations of filmmaking, but it's a through line beginning to middle to end. It's not just about Anakin. It's about how Palpatine completely manipulated the Jedi and their egos and how the entire civilization collapsed for it. It, it it's, has a through line beginning to middle and end, and those themes are always there, regardless of how like shoddy they are told to us. But at the end of the day, you do things differently with a different vision and people that are contentious about it. And I don't think Johnson was contentious about it. I just think he was a con- he's a conceptual, thematic storyteller, always has been. Even his Breaking Bad episodes aren't normal Breaking Bad episodes. And some people hate them for that reason. But it's a very small amount. Most people consider them the best. And at the end of the day, like, it's just like the consequence of having more than one person tell your story without a producer from the very beginning guiding you. It, it doesn't work. And I'm not saying that Kathleen Kennedy didn't have ideas about how where this is going to go. But I understand that like Kasdan had a hand in it. I understand Lucasfilm had a hand in it. I understand like she still had conversations with Lucas a little bit about it. There was no original guiding voice. And the great thing about Feige was he came from comics, was always making comic movies. Like he knew his subject when he walked in and could funnel it properly to a different medium. Everyone's going to compare people. People are always going to compare themselves to Feige because of what he did. But like it, it, I don't, you can't do that here. Kathleen Kennedy isn't a Feige and I, everyone's trying to do, do what he's do, what he did without doing what he did. They're trying to, to create his recipe by adding their own mix some of them are going to be successful and some of them are not. And yeah. very few have been successful so far. What a time to be alive. Dude, Just like, yeah. 2020, I know, everyone. I, I know it sucks right now, but over time, this will probably be so bad. And... I'm not saying we put our hopes into the Ryan Johnson trilogy, whatever he does. I, and I don't. If he does the- it, because he will be a. Like, seriously. Like, if he sticks this out, even after they threw him under the bus, like, I will have a f- whole nother appreciation of this guy. Because, like, just. What kind of patience does it take to get thrown under the bus like that and have your work completely backpedaled and erased and you still stick with this franchise and gut out an entire trilogy that will be just like god tier level of patience and content that is it would be just it would it would give me hope for humanity that people like ryan johnson exist (laughs) like honestly (laughs) he still says it was like the best time making it he still loves doing it and I wouldn't be surprised if he still makes him. But, like, the whole point of me saying that is, like, Ryan Johnson is a great filmmaker, and he makes good movies. And to have three more Star Wars movies made by a good filmmaker would be awesome. Like, take content-wise, like, like, content aside, 
Last Jedi is really good looking, really well done. It's just really well blocked. It's beautiful. Like nothing it's will so, be it's such a beautiful nothing. looking movie out of all the three. And it would be great to see more from him. It would be great to see movies from really good visualists like Gareth Edwards and just simple stories. Honestly, I think that may be where it's at. Just like get really beautiful filmmakers to tell simple stories. People don't really like Avatar has a bad rap these days to a certain extent but honestly i stand by it like it who cares how simple that story is with how visually fun it is when oh, your afternoon is gone the is second to none i think and i'm so excited for the new for the next like five movies they're gonna will do. it beat endgame at the box office no never in a million years <laughs> absolutely not it depends on how it looks whether people will think oh that looks good and i'll go see it like it's the spectacle of it that's the whole point of them and people can't ignore spectacle at the end of the day people may be like i don't care about avatar but then they see it and they're like that looks really cool and maybe i'm wrong because valerian <laughs> didn't make any money but like i don't know people have faith, have like a little bit of investment in avatar because we all have watched the first story but i i, I don't know but i I don't, to just walk out and be like, of course it's going to be Endgame. Like, well, you know, James Cameron, shut up and just make your movie first. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. He's an arrogant little shit sometimes. <laughs> just that was. This has been a very challenging two weeks. So. I'm sure as we do more episodes, the conversation will get smaller and smaller over time. But, like, yeah. yeah, this is a process for you. I get it. Yeah. Just read my blog. If you want, if you guys, if you people want to know my refined thoughts on that movie, just read my blog. Just read my blog. I, I don't know what else to, I really just, I'm going to say something stupid and I'm going to have to get talked off a cliff for like 15 minutes. But, like, yeah. Just read the blog. Um, all right. So, series wheel was nice to us. Yeah, I honestly, I don't really think there's truly a bad series on the series wheel anymore. I don't I know, man. DCU. I mean, there's okay. some fun. Mo- there's some fun <laughs> movies in there. There's some bad movies. I consider that. I consider the. Like all we let's see, what are the good movies that are on there? There's Wonder Woman 1980, Wonder Woman 1984, because we'll probably not hit it before then. Uh, Shazam. Three. There's four. There's four good movies and four bad movies. There are seven. No, no, no. No, What's the fourth one? Uh, The four good movies are Shazam. Uh huh. Wonder Woman. Uh huh. Uh, Aquaman. Uh huh. And I'm I'm assuming Patty Jenkins is gonna make another good movie. Like that's on his Let's not assume anything. So three three out of four so three out of four exist right now, and three out of four ain't is not good. So uh right now now, I'm Oh no 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 no. Oh, we're getting birds of prey too. Oh that's true. They're not out yet. I'm just talking about like the ones that exist right now. Oh sure. There's seven movies right now, three of them are good, four of them are bad. I consider that a bad franchise. And Terminator. Terminator. I have good odds, real. I think after the first, after the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, we're we're gonna like hate ourselves. 
Maybe I, I I don't know. I'm I'm willing to relook at that trilogy. Except me, because I actually enjoy three. I actually think like the first three parts of the Caribbean movies are pretty fun. I'm willing anyway. to re- I'm willing to backtrack my uh, previous. I hate them, but like I'm willing to look at those second two again. I think parts of the first three parts of the Caribbean are fun. I think the last two are bad. But I think the first the first three are pretty fun. Like even in their at their weakest points, the, the the first three are just they're fun. They're fun like a Star Wars movie. Like okay. At World's End feels like a Star Wars movie, and it's very fun for that reason. Okay, you didn't hire me for my charming personality, did you? Um, Die Hard. It landed on Die Hard. So I guess we're closing out the year with this episode. Um, if I can get this up, I, I could probably get it up tomorrow. Um, so, as I said, The Rise of Skywalker really bummed me out as much as I liked that movie. As much as I enjoy that movie, even as a Star Wars movie, it bummed me out. So, I'm watching this post nap and I'm like I'm going to be honest it took me a while to get myself into it it was it was me it was it wasn't on the film's part it was me um but like once it this we've I think we said it before um, like, if I'm not mistaken, like, this movie kind of started the whole, like, broke the mold of its time of, like, these hunky, like, shredded men who could barely speak English act pretending that they are, like, North American, like, American, and... Going through a bunch of terrorists. Well, this is American. On them. Bruce Willis is pretty American, I hear. He is the common man. And it turns out you can make an action movie just as thrilling if you have an average ish guy at the helm. Q Avengers theme, mind blowing, Chevy Chase. Mind blowing meme. Um, yeah, <laughs> this was pretty darn fun, all in all. Very, very memorable quotes, too. Um, yeah, I'm just I have nothing. I have nothing to complain about. It's just like, I was just like, okay, this is. I can see how this. Oh, this is how the. So I was watching Die Hard. Like, this is how the formula started, huh? Mm. This is how it kind of started. It's just like, I was like, okay, I can follow this. This is pretty. I can appreciate this. And then, Hans Gruber and John McClane met. Yep. I'm like. Okay, this is great. 
that's where my brain was like, oh, that's why this movie is freaking iconic. <laughs> and th- this, that moment happened, I'm like, and I thought back to the entire movie, I'm like, that's why this movie is freaking iconic. It's just stuff like that. For its time. It's just like, that would never happen. In a Stallone or, or in a Stallone or Schwarzenegger movie. Because like, like they would never take the time to make a villain that clever. Never. They would not. That's a good point. And I honestly, okay. We, I honestly could not actually tell. Like I was telling myself, this is Alan, this is Alan Rickman's first um, movie role. I'm like, is it? Because he's so good. I was like, why have, why do we not have more villains like this? Okay, we do, but they really suck. You know, honestly, say that about the entire franchise. Why can't we have more villains like Gruber? Just now, I get why he's one of the most iconic villains of all time. Just the performance, how he's portrayed, it's just. This whole movie goes against the grain for its time, and people accepted it. Do you, do you do you now understand, Chris? Why, why in general, why everybody lo- absolutely loves Alan Rickman? Yes, and it is said that he is now passed on. I'm sorry I brought that up. I shouldn't have done that. It hurts. No, it's 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 we're just. I I I love his performance, and that's the thing. Like it'll live forever. Because that's the great thing about film, like forever. You you for the first time have seen this. Like he is not dead. You get to see this, and he gets to live on in you in this performance forever. Now (laughs) he'll haunt your dreams. That's. I'm sorry. That sounded really. That sounded really funny. Like he lives on in you and me now. Sorry, I've been watching a lot classic movies and everyone's dead in those movies they have to be like yeah great movie and of course all those people are you know long past and that's the great thing about cinema you know legends live forever and I'll see you in the next movie where again everyone is dead (laughs) um actually I also told (laughs) another thing I told my pastor after the, the Christmas Eve service ended, it's like, if you had picked Die Hard, I would have a whole nother respect for you. For doing <laughs> I don't think you never picked Die Hard much. No. <laughs> he's like, it's too, it's too violent. Anyway, his passion of the Christ. Exactly. That would have been my counter. That would have been my counter. <laughs> that would honestly have been my counter. Anyway. No. Now, um, now, 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 think about it this way, Chris. Now, think about this, Chris. But the difference is, the Passion of the Christ has Jesus in it. <laughs> wow, I never thought it's of just, it. It's just, <laughs> it's just Hans Gruber as Jesus is walking to Mount Calgary. He's, Calvary, gosh, I'm so stupid. Um... Oh um, my gosh! The guy that the guy that gets hung up in the chains and then rises at the end of the movie, and they just shoot him. Ugh. 
And so, yeah. And so, <laughs> it's like these, it's like they're, he's carrying the cross to Mount Calvary. And Alex Gruber shows up and says, shoot the glass. And then Glass <laughs> shows up on the freaking road. Like, damn, man, who's that guy? <laughs> <laughs> I like his suit. <laughs> gotta calm down there, Chris. Oh, man, let me have this. Let me have this. I have to laugh oh, this hard. You're not allowed to have this, Chris. Uh, um, <laughs> the action's good. Is it? The action's good. Okay. I think it's better Talk than me good. Off a cliff. Okay. Alex, you specifically, you, Alex, talk me off a cliff here. Action's gotten better. Of course. I mean, I think like the action Die Hard is so classic. It's better than good. It's right. This is the, this is why I want. This is the thing we're doing franchise now. So you're watching. You get to watch the films all the way up until what, like two thousand something, like two thousand teen. I don't know when the. Mm, I don't know when the. Fourteen. Okay, so you're watching. You're watching action change throughout the years. So look at like ten years before this. Um, it's the, when did this movie come out again? 1987? Uh, something like that. Something like that. So let's say, let's give it 1977. The earliest action films they had around them were like um, uh, The French Connection. And even then, there's only like one action scene in that movie. 1988. Okay, 1988. So 1978. We're not like the first real action movie was First Blood with Schwarzenegger like and even that isn't really an action Stallone movie. then it would take time before we would get to Mad Max and Predator made by the guy who made Die Hard and Predator was the is the first real like true 80s action movie and that was like the early 80s so it took a while before we got to this so yeah like the 90s is the real is the moment we started to like truly define how the action went because in the 80s it wasn't about the action it was about big giant muscular dudes doing like things around explosions and cars crashing into other stuff and like it it wasn't really about uh, how the camera did anything it was mostly about the camera sitting there and capturing stuff that's why predator kind of changed things up a bit and uh, this movie, again, is about putting an average guy in the situation of one of those things. That's why all the villains were not cast because they could speak the language of the terrorists. It's because they're all over six feet, and they all look intimidating. They're all the kind of guys that Schwarzenegger would have to fight, but this guy has to like kill them one by one in the span of two hours. It takes him forever to kill them. It, it's and he still is like walking around with like bullet wounds and glass on his feet, and he's still barely getting help. For, he's not even getting the help from the FBI. They're like shotting him. They're they're, they're giving him <coughs> shit for just doing the right thing. It, it's everything is up against him. So you care more about the guy and the than you do about the action. Like we're not watching this necessarily for the action, but the action is it, it's mostly sparse. It's like, like a couple of fight scenes. Uh, there's some gunfights, there's an explosion here and there, but yeah, like, the action is sparse because you care about the guy being in this, like, extraordinary situation. The best action scene in the movie is when he runs up to the roof, it explodes, and he has to hang down. That's the most action-y thing that we (laughs) see these days, and by the fourth movie, that's all he's doing. All he's doing is shit like that. So it gets really annoying. 
I think the perfect balance is the third movie because like by then we really started to nail how action movies were working. Like there weren't big muscular dudes anymore. It was like about the setup and the build and things were getting better. Um, The second movie uh, has some good action moments, but it's mostly about how he's in the same situation as this again, just at an airport. Um, But I do think it has some better action moments. I think they step it up. I think they, I think that people probably had the same complaint you did back then, and the second movie steps up the action scenes more. Um, I don't think necessarily to its detriment. I think it's a fun movie, but it's the exact, like it's the Force Awakens of the Die Hard series, and it's mm. the second movie. Great. Um, but you get to watch how action changes by the fourth movie. Yeah, like things are insane and crazy. Um, and every like every five ten minutes, they're going through something like extremely harrowing to the point that he's surfing on a jet. And the fifth movie, I think, is boring. I actually think the movie ha- that fifth movie has less ac- like less good action scenes than this movie does. We're gonna Wait. tear that movie apart, dude. <laughs> um, one thing that I did take away from like the earlier parts of the movie it's like this must have been the John Wick of the 80s at at, right when this came out immediately yeah right at its time like to me I don't think Stallone or outside of Rocky, I don't think Stallone would have or um, Schwarzenegger would have like just the simplest emotional depth that they put into John McClane because they, they spend what? five, maybe ten minutes setting up, like, emotional stakes. They didn't kill his dog. Um, but, like... Kill his family, though. He did... He did sort of... Okay, yeah. So... Okay, yeah. <laughs> so... The emotional, the emotional stake at the time... Okay, so it's like it's it's simple. He wants to. He wants to patch things up with his family, and you can do that because yeah. Bruce Willis is a good actor. At that point, he was because he was still committed to stuff. Um, he was mostly known for comedy at that point. Really, it's on a TV show called Moonlighting at the time that was a big hit um, with a woman called Sybil Shepherd, and he was actually shooting it at the same time as this movie, which is why. There's so much focus on the cop on the bottom and the FBI and the TV news reporter because they were they couldn't he couldn't film as much. Like a lot of the script was written on the fly. Um, so like he was backtracking between both shows. Like it was Back to the Future and it, like Michael J. Fox had to do the same thing. Um, and it was like making him super tired. So like they were pushing him to the brink. And then his co-star on the show, Moonlighting, Civil Shepherd, got pregnant. And they were like, you can't shoot for 11 weeks. And he's like, perfect. So they just shot as much as they could, as quick as they could. But that's why you get, like, fleshed out stories of all these other side characters, because they couldn't they couldn't focus on him as much as they wanted to. They were, like, running him ragged. 
Interesting. Yeah, um, Moonlighting, Moonlighting was, he's pretty funny in that show. Um. Oh, and also like, he's talking where he was the talking baby. Have you ever seen that? What? You've never heard of the Look Who's Talking movies? Why does that ring a bell? But I can I think I want it to ring a bell for some weird okay. reason. Are we putting it on the series wheel? Because I'm about to. There's three of them, and they get awful towards mm. the end. But basically, Christy Alley and John Travolta are two different people. Uh, Christy Alley has a baby, and the baby is like his internal thoughts are voiced by um, Bruce Willis, who's funny. He's telling jokes throughout the movie. And then it's about how her and John Travolta fall in love. And then the rest of the series is about them as a family. And then, like, other babies talk and then dogs talk. I'm pretty sure that came out in the 80s. So, yeah, he was mostly known as a comedian. <laughs> the dogs talk. Oh, dude, it's a, it's a Christmas movie. Dude, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, like, how did this get made, did two of the movies? Like, comedian, famous comedians have done these movies and joked about them in front of audiences before, like, these are well known to be crazy ass movies. Okay, but yeah, just like simple emotional stakes, and then just let the performance do the rest. And I think, th- like, because this movie could have easily have been just. Um, just him fighting off terrorists in a building. But the whole added element of his wife's there, and he really wants to patch things up. And he just like he's the like he's the common man, essentially. Besides all the butt kicking he does, um, like the simple emotional stakes, letting the performance do the rest when he's pulling glass out of his feet and he's telling Al that like up there I guess (laughs) Zach dropped out um so when he's um pulling glass out of his feet and he's telling Al hey my like my wife has heard me say I I love I love you a hundred times, she's never heard me say I'm sorry. I felt that! Yeah. I'm like, now that I think about it, I'm like, this is actually a pretty darn good performance. You know what I'm saying? The the writer found himself in a situation um, after he had been in a fight with his wife um, where he could have died, like, legit. And uh, he thought it would be a good idea for a movie. He's like, I want to write a movie where a guy is stuck in a heroin situation and all he wants to do is apologize to his wife one last time. That's great. Now, please tell me it ended well for that guy. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't look into it. Oh, okay. All right. I'll just leave that to my own imagination. Um, but, like, that really, like, showed me this, like, it's, it's like there's like 
I think the re- I think another point about this movie for its time is that performance is much in action. If Indiana Jones didn't prove this, this movie sure did. Performance in action is a lot more important than people took than people thought it was. I guess in the 80s. I wasn't born in the 80s, so I wouldn't know. But it just feels like people took performance for granted. They just said, let's just shove a bunch of, let's just shove all this in there and then people will come out and see it. They actually like took the time to like, okay, let's actually make people care about this guy before we put him through hell. Well, the, and, I, I, yeah. I think it's really interesting that what you're talking about is pretty much showcased through this director's work. Because he started with Predator, and Predator is all about like it's the it's the movie with the meme where Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers like clasp clasp hands and their muscular arms are like focused on. It's like the like most iconic imagery. Exactly, like he, Mick Tiernan set that up. And the thing about Hollywood is, what do they do when there's a success? They misinterpret it, and then they follow the wrong. They just keep going the wrong angle with it. And they were like, okay, so more explosions, more muscular dudes, more quipping, uh, less character. Let's just get to it. Like, like the moment the guy wakes up, his house explodes and he has to get out. Like that kind of a, that's what Last Action Hero is making fun of. Like again, John McTiernan. Uh, like then he makes this, and he's like, pe- pe- like people are getting sick of this. I'm gonna put an average guy in these situations. I'm gonna put more depth into it. I'm gonna get somebody who's charming, like a super charming guy. And I'm going to make him act. And then in the third movie, he's like, look, like, I can't make another Die Hard movie. Like, there's Die Hards everywhere. Under Siege has happened. Executive Decision has happened. Turbulence has happened. Like, there's been a Die Hard. Like, Speed just happened. Like, I can't do that anymore. So instead, I'm going to give him a partner. I'm going to stick him in his hometown in New York. And I'm going to make the city the building. And I'm going to make him run around the city and do a bunch of crazy stuff. Like, he just keeps changing the game because he understands, like, you have to. And, like, that was the whole point. He started it, understand everyone just misinterpreted the decisions he made and started coughing them and was like, no, guys, this is what we have to do. And that's why he made it in the first place. That's why he didn't want to cast, like, he wanted to cast Robert De Niro. What? He wanted to put Robert De Niro in this, and to be honest... Robert De Niro is not an action guy? He would have been if he'd have starred in Die Hard. Oh, uh, but he didn't, he guess he didn't want to, did he? Or something came up. Something came up. It, like, here's the interesting thing. Another movie came out this weekend, actually. It's called Midnight Run. And that is Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin. It's about Robert De Niro trying to, like, get this bounty to, to the police. He's a bounty hunter. Grodin is a sneaky, son-of-a-bitch con man. And he just keeps slipping out of his grasp. It's a super funny movie, and De Niro's awesome in it. Shows Grodin. Bruce Willis lost the part that Charles Grodin got in that movie and landed this one. And De Niro chose that movie instead of being in this one. And they both came out the same week. Hmm. That is... It's like hearing Kurt Russell or Patrick Swayze were in consideration for Han Solo. It just... It just would not have worked any other way you know 
honestly. I think De Niro would have been really good, but I like Bruce Willis because he's super, like, what Bruce Willis could have added that De Niro could not have added at that time, I don't think, is the scene in the shaft where he's like, come out the, come out to the coast, we'll have a good time, it'll be great. Like, that stuff's <laughs> great. He, that stuff is great. Like, I don't think De Niro can necessarily do that. Like, De Niro would lean too heavily on the darker elements of what the yeah, movie is. He couldn't nail the common, common man side. This is actually based off a book, which is which was based off a book series, and this is actually a sequel, technically, to a movie that Frank Sinatra was in called The Detective. So there was a movie with Frank Sinatra called The Detective based off a book series, and it's just a guy trying to solve some cases in New York. Crazy stuff goes down, but like he's just a cop out there trying to get out of some shenanigans and solve a case. And the next book, his daughter gets kidnapped in a building during a Christmas party that he's attending, and he's the only one there can, that can stop it. And it's super dark and it's super crazy, but it got turned into this movie called Die Hard. And that would continue to go on through the series. They would continue to take scripts and stories from other failed projects and turn them into Die Hard stories. This one being the most successful out of all of them. Mm. So, so like that, that, that was like super dark. And I think if De Niro was in it, he would have leaned on those elements and it would have been a darker movie and it would have been less fun. Like, the, the thing about Die Hard is that it's fun. After a while, you're just in. You're just like, oh, God, this yeah. is just fun. Right. I was having fun watching this in bed, just soaking it all in. It was very, it was very entertaining. I was, I was kind of like, man, it'll really prove how good this movie is if it gets me out of this slump, because I have not been feeling good the last few days. So, I was, okay, you know what? That was pretty fun. All right. All right, I'll crack a smile for it. That was pretty good. Um, but, yeah, this is like the second or third McTiernan movie we've done. Because we did Last Action Hero. I'm uh-huh. blanking if we did another one of his. I think this may be the second. I don't think so. Hmm. So, like, yeah... Um, the, this was actually, like, I was actually kind of impressed with, like, the visuals of it. I was like, ah, oh, he actually took the time to make some decent, to put some, uh, good blocking in here. I'm like, I'm like, okay, there was some nice usage of the Dutch angle. I'm like, okay, God, this movie looks really good. Mm-hmm. Do you know who shot it? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm taking Deacons off the table. I don't think he did. Nope. Okay. Um, it's somebody I know, isn't it? Um, I don't think you'd know him necessarily by name, but you have seen his work before, for sure. Has he come out with anything recently? Or anything that we've reviewed on this podcast? No, he's he he's done. He's retired. Oh no, it's not McG. He's still making crap. Uh, uh, I'm at a blank. Okay, so I'm going to tell you the story about this guy. I um, he's not American. He's from uh, Eastern Europe. I think it's German. Oh. I could be wrong. 
Um, could be Dutch. Anyway, um, oh. I think it's Dutch. Uh, he came to America because he heard about um, a movie getting made about a family that's coming to visit their husband who lives on a, a kind of reservation in Africa with a hundred tigers and cheetahs and lions called Roar. And he's like, yeah, that I'll, guy? I'll shoot your movie. And uh, he's like, sure, shoot it. And he gets scalped in the head by a, by a lion. And he has to get stitches on his head. But you know what? He's not done being a cinematographer. No, 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 no. He comes to America and he shoots a couple of fun movies. And then he comes on Die Hard and he gets stuck in an elevator shaft. And when he's stuck in that elevator shaft, he gets an idea for a movie. And after shooting this beautiful action movie called Die Hard and shoots a couple other ones for a guy called Paul Verhoeven, like Basic Instinct and stuff and uh, Total Recall, he ends up shooting his own movie that he directed called Speed. And then he would go on to make oh, a movie twister. God. Dude, I, I kid you not. When I was watching this movie, I'm, th- I'm thinking, why am I thinking about speed right now? Subconsciously. Subconsciously, I was thinking about speed because it was shot by the same guy who directed He got the idea for it getting stuck in the elevator shooting this movie. He got the idea for a bus that can't go under 50 miles an hour unless a bomb explodes by being stuck in an elevator. No, no, he thought about the opening of speed with the with the hostages in the elevator. Oh, man, that's awesome! Yeah, he's shot at most of the movies, uh, most of the best looking movies of the late '80s and early '90s, and then after, and then he kind of like dwindled as a filmmaker he made i think the last american movie he made was the second tomb raider movie and um then he just sort of like retired and went back to his homeland made a couple other uh, other things and uh he's been celebrated ever since um he just wasn't the best he's he's not a humanist he doesn't make great human stories he just makes great action and he shoots beautiful work um and he was just perfect for that like late 80s cocaine mid 90s like business era before like the late 90s came in and things just got all like grody and shabby looking again holy cow that's amazing how that all ties together same guy who got scalped in africa filming roar film shot die hard and made speed and shot basic basically instinct. die hard on the bus. Shot basic instinct. He worked wow. with Paul a lot. Dang. I never... You've said that before, haven't you? And i just forgotten. Probably on the speed episode, yeah. Huh. I, I, remember the, I remember you mentioning something about Roar. I just never... Heard that he did Die Hard and Basic Instinct. He's a very celebrated cinematographer in the world of action mm. and pop and pop uh, pop movies. He's not he's not like Deacons. Deacons has done both, but like people laud Deacon as an artist, and they should. But like the, the whole point of Devon is just like he's got a slick, specific style. He knows how to like uh, frame things properly. He knows how to like letterbox real well and. Uh, his, I think his two best action movies, the, devoid of any intelligence, are fantastic. 
Hey, he's back. The internet died, and now it's been resuscitated with a sledgehammer. Ed, I'm using my phone hotspot right now. Uh. Yeah, it's... I was just about to say Zach's gone because his internet died, and now he's back. It's it's messy, man, and I... I don't know. I'm going to have to have a conversation later about this because, to be honest... I hate our internet provider right now. They're the worst. They provide hey, the worst service. I have a ten pound sledgehammer. If you want to borrow it for any any reasons, I, I can. Uh, does that involve murder? Because I'm very up of a internet modem. Yes. No, no, no. My modem I know is good because it's the one I bought in college, and I know it was good because I bought it that way. Oh it's man, not this thing is much heavier problem. than I remember it being. Oh god. It's the fucking provider is fucking bottle capping me, and they just, like, are the worst provider ever. I gotta gain some muscle strength. Alright. I hate CenturyLink with a furious passion. (laughs) (laughs) What? Net neutrality, man. Beyond the point, dude. Seriously? So... Oh, you know, boy. not to get we off. Went, we went from the guy who directed speed. Not, not to get off. Chris, stop interrupting me. Stop interrupting me. Okay, I'll, I'll mute. I'll mute. Shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> not to sound rude and not to get too much, but do you know how much my last internet bill was? And this is a yeah. monthly. Anyway. $512. Uh, you, you gave yeah. a lot, though, right? What? No. I don't know. I use... No, I don't actually even game that much. This is $512 for 32 megabits per second. It's not even good internet. It's terrible internet. And they're charging me $500 for it per month. Seriously, kids, do not get CenturyLink. It's really bad. They're they're very known for, like, bottle capping you all, all the time. And they charge up the wazoo for bullshit. I really hope that um, the next generation of technology evolves past internet. Kids, get Xfinity or get Verizon or something. Just do better. (laughs) CenturyLink is garbage. And man, all the kids be doing carrier pigeons now these days. What, what? Have a merry 2020, everyone. Um, So... Um, I just can't. Well, Alex so just... I may be on and off for a bit because okay. I'm trying to get my internet working while doing this. So, Alex was just told me that the same guy who shot this movie is DOP. Um, directed Speed and was scalped and Roar. Like, I had no idea that was the that was that was a thing. Oh my gosh, that's mind blowing. Um, so do you, do you get the do you get what I meant by the fan? Hey, that's back. No, actually, yes, 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 yes. Um, when he brought the small TV in, Family Matters was on that TV, right? No. Okay, then I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> have you ever seen Family Matters? I feel like I have. Just I'm not, not recently. You have. No, I'm not expecting you to have. It's not like a popular rerun show. It, it can't. It was, it was the Urkel show. It was the show that Steve Urkel was on. You know who that is? Oh, that played on Nick at Night. Yeah, I've only seen like one or two episodes. 
So the dad in that show is a cop, and he also is the guy who talks to John McClane throughout this movie. Is Die Hard the answer to humanity if it ties to that many things? Yeah. Uh, it ties to a lot of things, yeah. This, you know, Die Hard is solely responsible for, like, J.J. Abrams' stupid haircut or something like that. I don't know. It is. Pro- I, I, well, here's the thing. Like, I love... Jo- um, John Favreau pulls that off better than him. It's true. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, that could, yeah, Favreau has it better. He has a he has a wider head. It's true. Anyway, um, so like my favorite show is called Sports Night, and it's like the the behind. It's a comedy show about the behind the scenes of a sports center type show. It was made in the late nineties. It's all about the writing, all about the writing. I'm constantly finding jokes and and tidbits in that show, even now that I'm discovering and watching Die Hard today. When the newscasters are reporting everything, the dumb male newscaster um, turns to the camera when they're talking about the terrorists and goes, Helsinki is in Finland. And then he feels, even exactly after he says that, he feels like an idiot. He understands like, that just naming that fact on the air was very dumb, despite the fact he did it to sound important. And that joke is in the pilot of my favorite show, and I just realized it right now. I was like, oh my god, well there you go. Like, Die Hard is a gift to everything. Yeah, art is tied to everything. Um, I also like how this movie, like, subtly uh, digs at it name drops Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Like, this movie, this movie intentionally shoots on these <laughs> on the action movies of its time. I just, I just like that. Just like, just like, just drop that in there. It's great. It, yeah, it's, it's great. It's not even like, it's not even like a mean spirited thing because like. Tierney would continue to work with Schwarzenegger. It was just continuously highlighting the point that this guy is not one of them. This guy is not supposed to be here. He's not the right cop for this job. It shouldn't even be a cop. It should be like a CIA dude. Like, what is going on right now? Also, if I ever... Actually, personal fact about me. I've never I've never traveled via plane. I've never been on an airplane. Chris, we gotta change that. I know. I gotta... I, gotta, I just gotta go somewhere. Um, but yeah, so like, I actually do want to try that, uh, <laughs> that foot technique that the guy at the beginning of the movie, <laughs> just <laughs> to what? do it, just to do it. I love, I actually like this movie that much. <laughs> I just want to try that. Man, I have. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> um... Make fists with your toes. Like, that's... that's... So weird. Um, man, what else could I... But it's, but it's such a good setup, though, because, like, then he's stuck barefoot in this situation. So great. Yeah, it's... Yeah, that's... That's actually pretty... It's like... The first guy he kills, he's like, great. Like, the, guy, the guys I'm fighting, their, their shoes aren't even as big as my sister. <laughs> But he tries to put on that guy's shoes. He's just like, God, oh, these feet are too small. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, whoa. Okay. Phone. Thank you. Um, man, what else is there? I could. I. I feel like I can keep going, but I just. I think we've. 
pretty much nailed everything, unless Die Hard ties to something else. Um, that, that like it's just a lot of talented people. Like McTiernan, yeah. it, it highlights just how great McTiernan was at this point in his career. And again, when he comes back for the third Die Hard movie, um, uh, the reason I, 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 it's just like amazing looking and a good time. It's really great. And it, it, the further away we get from the impact it made at the time, I think the, the less impact it'll make because of everything that has been made after it, outside of the fact that it's such a solidly entertaining movie that it'll get anyone out of their Star Wars slump, which is just proof it's a, it's a classic. But the, the, as we continue on this as a series, we're going to see some interesting changes. Like, everything that you like about this movie, I want you to remember and think about consistently as we watch them. Because some of those ideas will be challenged properly and correctly, and some of those ideas will be redundant, and some of those ideas you're going to fucking miss. I can't wait to get Jai Courtney. I can't wait. Like, we haven't I, done a movie of his at all. I want. I so badly want to do a Jai Courtney. Well, people movie. really, people really hate that guy, and I don't understand. That's. I mean, I guess he's not a great actor. And he's and he is wooden, but I don't think he's like insultingly terrible the way I've seen like other people. I can't really name an actor I find consistently terrible every time I watch him. I can't think of performances by actors bad. I don't know why they act, um, but I've done that. I've done that too. So like, it, it can't always be everyone. Um, but like. This, the next movie is going to be interesting. It's also a Christmas movie, I believe. It's certainly set during winter. I don't remember I if it's Christmas or not. actually have seen the second half of it. Okay. So you get the gist of it. Um, I get the gist not, of it. But it's been a while. I don't group. remember him being ejected from the plane, honestly. Oh, well, that's a pretty memorable shot. And in fact, that shot was used in a lot of DVD openings for the company of the studio like uh, when they would do like you get a movie and then it says this is our studio and then they would show clips of movies from it him yeah. ejecting in the fall round like that would be shown a lot so i've talked to a lot of people that are like i remember that too but it's pretty much the same movie the, oh, it's the boy. definition of sequitis and it's up to you to decide whether or not so is it so you so does it kind of follow the Jurassic Park kind of trajectory? It gets meh, then it gets good, then it gets eh, then it gets uh. So unlike Jurassic away. Park, which is just a constant downward spiral. No, no. Um uh it it, it starts great and it gets Oh, like good to okay, and then it gets great again. I think like I, this is a classic, bar none. So classic to good to great to okay to um, what the fuck? Well, <laughs> so that's why that's why I said it goes good to eh to good again to eh again to eh. Because I hear a lot of people like four. A lot of people do like four because that's but the, it's very like 
it, it, it's an okay movie. I think it's okay, but like when you think about it in terms of a Die Hard movie, it doesn't make any sense, and it's just awful. Like it's an awful Die Hard movie, but like as an oh as like okay like action summer action movie like it was on tv a lot i can see why a lot of people say that i've come to grips with like it's okay too because the fifth one the fifth one is awful it's not it's not even just an awful diehard movie it's an awful movie a really bad movie i can't wait i can't wait it's a really bad movie and the other thing is you get like just like um Mission Impossible, you get to watch Bruce Willis through his career go from the charming, funny guy who changed things with his, like, ability to act to the second movie where he's, like, a huge, like, star. To the third movie where he's, like, trying to, you know, do things a little bit different. And, like, that that was around the same time as Pulp Fiction. He's working with Sammy Jackson. He's oh, doing some right. interesting... <clears throat> The fourth movie, he's like been an action star for some time. He's done Fifth Element. He's done Sin City. He's done Red. He's done all these movies. It's Bruce Willis, the action oh, star Red. movie time. Yeah. And then, and then the fifth movie is around the time where he is such a he's such a terrible asshole to work with that they find a director who like will barely stand him and that. That's why the movie's so awful. Like the t- the director's awful. He's a huge dick, and he's just doing whatever he wants. Like nothing is good about it. And then it comes back with Split about three years later. No, he did. You mean Glass? Well, he's no, been doing. Split. He's he's been doing Wes Anderson movies too. What was he in? No. Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, Moonrise Kingdom. Was after? Was before that? It was, it was after. after. It was the after. The day that I heard 2013, Moonrise Kingdom was 2012. It's before. When when was good for, good uh, good day to die hard? 2013. 2013. So so same year. Moonrise Kingdom was January of 2012. Good day to die hard was January 2013. That was about a year. Okay, a year apart. All right. And then about three teen years, drama. Okay. Three years later, he does Split, and then about two year, two three years after that, he does Glass, with a bunch of random shit in between. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds about right. <laughs> oh yeah, he did Expendables. He, no, he, he did a bunch of random. He shit. He had a lesser role in Expendables. Yeah, he he did a bunch. Of, he had he did a bunch of shit in between, <laughs> basically. Like and Splitty wasn't even really in. You know know kind of in it. He was just kind of in it. <clears throat> you know how I know I'm not looking forward to the Expendables being on the franchise wheel because nobody's ever mentioned them yet. Ugh. Oh, now I gotta put it on the backlog so we no, don't forget. Yes, we Talking movies. Got to do the look who's talking movies. I'll put that on there. I'll put it on the backlog too. That's the I... top of the backlog, is what I'm saying. The tippy top. Uh... Tipper choppers. I think Harry Potter should be the top of the backlog, but that's just me. Dude, Wait, Harry the, Potter's the on there. Oh, did we get it on there? Yes. Yeah, no, that, that's what we replaced Die Hard with. Oh, my bad. Never mind. I'm wrong. Um. So yeah, it's mostly just like. Like, you can think of this movie as its own terms as a great movie, and you have, and I love that. Well, wait, wait, but, wait, wait, wait. Like, is Harry Potter on there or is Wizarding World on there? 
Uh, Wizarding World. Yes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> He's so movies, Oh, God, I'm going to tear them apart. I'm going to just rip them apart. I didn't think the first Fantastic Beast was bad. I just thought it was a it's fun okay. adventure. Dude, the first Fantastic Beast is bad. The second one is just pathetic. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't think it was that bad. You yes. can rip those two apart, Alex. Show me the plot of that movie right now. Tell me the plot of the film. <laughs> he just right goes now. around looking for a fantastic piece that leak out of a spoon. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. They everything to worry about that little kid. And then all of a sudden, like, Colin Farrell's Johnny Depp. Like, that movie, it's not how that works. Who's, like, no. <laughs> so, like, Colin Farrell's Johnny Depp. <laughs> it's not how that works. Like, no, dude. I, I don't even get me started. Don't Alex, even get me started. I'm not even a huge Harry Potter fan. I just know those movies blow. <laughs> you can rip those two movies apart, but let me tell you, when we get to, when we get to Prisoner of Azkaban, man, it's all gonna be worth it. I love Azkaban. I like. I. I mean, I. I recently just watched a few videos and and a couple more of those movies. I really like that series. It, it's good. It's I. I. I don't think the last movie should have been two movies, but like, it's good. Whatever. The whole series. Especially when you watch like Rise of Skywalker and you realize how much Harry Potter is in that, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, but I'll tell you this, dude. Deadly Hallows Part 2 is better than Rise of Skywalker. I'd have wait, to watch. Wait, 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 wait. What did you just say? I said Deathly Hallows Part 2 is better than Rise of Skywalker. Deathly Hallows Part. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> I thought you had wait, said. Wait, wait, wait. I thought you oh, said yeah, Fantastic Beast Two no, was better no, than Rise of Skywalker. Then no, I would have no, thought. That would have shocked me That was no. Deadly Hollows Part Two. Then I would have jumped off the oh, building yeah. with the fire hose. Deadly Hollows oh. is better. Deadly Hollows, both Part One and Part Two, are better than Rise of Skywalker. Honestly, I can't contest because I haven't seen Deadly Hollows Part One or Two. Because I'm oh, Part I One have. is like so much fun, and Part Two is just like a. It's not a lot of fun. Part one is actually really bland to look. I wouldn't say bland looking, but it's dark looking. There's barely any color. It's really depressing. I I don't think it's movie. fun. In, if you movie. care, like yeah, of course it's a road movie, but also so is the movie The Road. It's also both That's of them are like not the most things in the world. Is what I'm saying. Like I and I like the movies. I I like the point of the movie. I'm not saying it doesn't necessarily need to uh exist but like it's just like you're just stretching out this story longer than it needs yeah. to be you could have taken all the stuff done it in an hour and then the, like you could have just made a three-hour movie like a two and a half hour movie where the battle was the last half still and keep everything in the battle i love that stuff but like the the at the very least it's not fun not fun i watched I mean, it recently I mean, and i was like i, I, like, I mean the thing about definitely all part two is it's like a hundred and it's like already like over two hours long and the first one's like two hours and 30 minutes so it's like four it, it's like almost five hours long between the two of them then i can see that the first part may need to exist for everything in the second part to have impact but at the end of the day i don't think it's fun no it's not fun i think the second one's a more fun movie but i think the first one's a better made movie 
I think they're both well made. I just, uh, I just, I, I'm. I think it's just really. I don't know that the. I haven't watched the series beginning to end in a long time, but I do. I'm not saying none of none of it has merit. It's just there's something about that story that I feel like it doesn't need to be. And maybe it's because I don't need Order of the Phoenix or Half Blood Prince. Honestly, oh, I don't. Chef. You don't need those two middle movies. They're just terrible. I think that's the thing. Yeah, I think if you combined Half Blood Prince. And um, Order of the Phoenix, I would appreciate the dua- the extension of the last story then. Yeah. Because that's think, the thing that's confusing for me. I think they could have, those two middle movies definitely didn't need to be what they were. But I think, like, Goblet's a great on its own. I think Prisoner of Azkaban's the best movie in the franchise, not even a question. And uh, Sorcerer's Stone Chamber series just fun movies. <sighs> and they are just talking. Talking babies is all I'm saying. Look who's talking as Roseanne Barr as a talking baby. Danny DeVito is a talking dog. Just saying. True. So, yeah. <laughs> I thought you said Fantastic Beast 2 was better than Rise of Skywalker. Then I would actually would have fought you. Um, Fantastic yeah. Beast is better than Rise of Skywalker. No, it isn't. No, it's not. It really <laughs> no, isn't. It really isn't. <laughs> He just straight up doesn't even like arguably challenge. He's just like you're wrong. Fantastic, Fantastic Beats is like the they're slowly pumping out prequels. Yeah, like yeah. Star Wars prequels. That's what I'm I saying. do not hate the first Fantastic Beast, but we are not talking about the first. We are not talking about the Wizarding I mean, Globe. We're talking I, about Die Hard. Back to Willow. Back to Willow. Back to Willow. Hey, Warwick Davis is in this franchise, so shut up. <laughs> Back to Willow. But but Willow's in this movie. No, he isn't. Willow is not in Die Hard. No, it's in it's in Harry Potter. He's in Harry Potter. We don't want to talk about Harry Potter. We'll talk about Die Hard. Hashtag back to Willow. Back to Willow. So hashtag back to Harry Potter then. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Back okay. to Die Hard. Um. So grades, grades. What do you give it? Like Chris is done with me. Not gonna lie, I just checked my headphones. Um. So yeah, great. I'm passionate, and I don't at all have anger management issues. Um, you do though. I do. That's what this is for. Yes, I thought this was because Chris enjoyed me and Alex's movie talks, and he just wanted to be part of that. Yeah. They say to be smart, be with smart people. So, the smarter people. And also, it's a place for all of us to freak out. All of us. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Except allegedly, I'm funnier. Um. Anyway. Sure. So... Believe that. No, hey. not when I freak out, I'm funnier. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because you're, because you're crazy. I am crazy. I I I've got classics. You've got classics. Yeah. I was. Yeah. Ta- the, I was the, ta- the the Transformers meltdown will live in infamy. I haven't quite I, had I, a, I quite haven't <laughs> had a rage inducer yet, but let me tell you, there's there's a couple movies on the bad wheel where there's gonna be some rage from Zach. I also just added Robin Hood 2018 to the backlog of bad movies. So that's and it's not that bad. It's bad. No, not it's, bad. no, it's bad. I get it. It's bad. It's just it's boring. Bad, not bad. Bad. <laughs> I'm interested. Okay, so no, let me tell you, when we when we, we hit. Chris, Chris, when we when we finally hit Last Airbender and Dragon Ball Evolution, then you guys will see the, the rage come. Oh, I like it. Oh, God, okay, so bad. 
So, Die Hard. Yes. Back to Willow. <sighs> yeah, give the grade, Chris. We need your grade. I'm dancing between A- minus and B+, plus, honestly. I mean, I think it deserves the A-, minus if you're up to me, but I'm not going to give it that because I'm going to give it a funny one. You're going to give it a... F- oh, yeah, because you like the funny one. Because I like giving funny grades. <laughs> you Ryan and Johnson of this grading system. Yes, I am. I'm gonna no, be- but at least, like, Ryan Johnson had a purpose behind subverting expectations except being funny. I'm just 100% trying to be funny. <laughs> exactly. Fair, Fair enough. Um, uh, don't think too hard. Just, like, don't think about the history of it. Just think about who's involved and, like, how, imp- like, just what you liked about it first and then go from there. I'm going to go with B+. Okay. Now, I think... Explain yourself. I think... <laughs> um, he it wants kind to of starts... So badly. Yeah, he's going to tear me apart. Um, I don't think he's going to tear you apart. I think he just thinks you're wrong. I, I, lo- I love this movie, but I'm not like a diehard diehard. If anything, I'm all about the third one. I'm a 90s action child. <laughs> so, for me, this movie really, like, felt familiar, because I think it's been done so many times now but i appreciate it in that um it's like it's i think this is like the first action movie you can go back to that i would like this is my kind of action whereas like there's there's a ton of just like craziness to it but like there's some kind of punt like like some kind of like um, emotional punch that I can get behind or motivation that I can get behind. Like, I think I like this movie the same reason I liked First Blood. Um, but like, I... I kind of... I kind of like this movie more than First Blood. But I forgot I what I... Better. I think it's better than First Blood. I, I think I think so, too, but I forgot what I graded. I forgot uh, what I graded. Uh, uh, first blood but anyway um but like i appreciate it as it being like the pioneer of what is to come and like a lot of people a lot of like movie junkies come back to this movie and i can now say that i appreciate this movie on that level now so and I get what everybody's talking about. So I'm just going to, I'm going to give it a soft B plus. <laughs> I was, I was making it soft. It might change over time. When more I think about it. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, I think when you, when you listen to a lot of people say why they love this movie, um, it stems from people around my age and maybe a little bit older who constantly watched this on tv it was on tv a lot summer winter christmas didn't matter it was just a solid solid afternoon movie um and that we we don't live in that generation anymore people don't really do that with movies or with tv anymore they they pick and choose what they want so much more um so to see that this be when i show it to people stick good 
it still holds up with people. They're like, oh, God, that was a great time. That was a great solid movie. Like, I understand your B-plus totally because um, other films have built off this and done better. Like, I think I would watch Speed more than I would watch this because Speed is the movie that I grew up with on TV. It's the movie that, I, that inspired me to watch movies in general and to see that, like, the cinematographer of this movie made his own movie of the same ilk and did what he thought was build off of it especially when there was another third movie that is just as good as this one made by the same director. And he's like, Oh my gosh, like I, I can do that and I can do something just as good and build off of it. So I can see, I can see what you're saying for me when I watch it though, knowing how the rest of the series is knowing what other films came out at the time. Um, and my nostalgia with it, I still think I would give it, um, when I think about the history of action movies and what still hold up, considering like what we consider classics now, like Fallout and Mad Max and John Wick's, I, I think this is an A. Mm. All right, Zach, give us your um, D grade. What? <laughs> D for Die Hard. Oh, you should said DH. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to give this 20 Hans Gruber's out of 50 Adolf Hitler's. Oh my gosh. <sighs> Why? Do you feel like that wasn't even funny? It's not meant to be. <laughs> it's meant to be serious? No. <laughs> Not that's, I am so Freddie got finger braiding. Freddie got finger braiding. Yeah. <laughs> Freddie got, fi- got fingers on the wheel, guys. It's on the bad wheel. Yes, it is. That's gonna prepare us for it. No, like a good day to die hard is probably gonna prepare us for it, but it won't be as bad. It's super bad. <laughs> I'm gonna regret that decision in the best way possible. Indeed. <laughs> so there you go, everybody. Die hard. Should go uh, back. It's going to be setting. Gosh. Um, so die hard. That's it. Um, we have die hard two next, or does that have actually have a name? That's yeah, called die, die hard two. two. Die hard. Die hard. Yeah. Tell you something, I'm gonna be dying hard tonight. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, gosh, don't know what that means. Super excited about it. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, see, now that's comedy. Um, why am I talking so close to the mic? I gotta stop doing that. I keep blunt. I, I blow up the mic when I do that. Um, so Die Hard Two is next. Um. It's Die Hard in an airport, apparently, and I'm going to watch it. Indeed. So, all right. So, good 2019. No, this is it, for real. This is the last This is the last episode of 2019. He says that, but we're going to record another one. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, good year. We watched, Fun. we did Jurassic World, we did Jurassic Park. All of them that we that was this year. That was this year. Holy shit! 
I know, right? <sighs> oh wow! Wow, I feel I feel like you reminded me of like a harrowing experience that only that only we know about, and like another friend died during. Um, we did Mission Impossible. Uh, that was great. We actually did Narnia. Um. Oh, that I kind of I, that's that I kind of regret. Um, <laughs> that's because I considered... subverted Fitz's whole expectations on that one, where I basically just said I was just nostalgic. I, that's why I said I do not. I, I don't. I don't, else I, don't to it. I don't want to. That I think Narnia was the main reason. I just don't want to um, bypass the wheel anymore. Oh, okay. Um, Why is that? Because that was just such a that was such a poor decision on my part. Did uh, you did you just bypass the wheel to do Chronicles of Narnia? We did, yes. Was that your decision or my? That was my decision. That was my decision. Well, did oh. you just think it was like a waste of time or something, or what? I just think like what came out of it. I just Chris the didn't discussions like that we the discussions that we had just weren't just like. And we were in the old format still, so. Oh yeah, we changed formats this year. We did change formats this year. That was this year. Um. We were still like saying the plot. Exactly as it happened, I was like, "This isn't working. This is taking away for. This is taking me forever to do." Um. I think the change was for the better, though. Changes for the better. Um. But they're shorter and they're much more entertaining. The uh, end game was this year. Solo was no solo was last year. Why do I feel like solo was this year? Because it wasn't. Because it wasn't. It was. It's um, the only Star Wars movie we never talked about. Yeah. So, was there another series we did at the beginning of the year though? What? No, we did um. Glass. We did a uh, yeah. We did a. Uh, well, we did the whole Glass trilogy, actually. Yeah, we did Unbreakable Splitting Glass. I gotta we tell you, for a bypass, we were doing that was we weird. were no, we were in the middle of X Men, and then all those recordings got lost. And oh, yeah. I think it worked out. I think it worked out well at the end because I think you actually enjoyed the Unbreakable trilogy a lot, anyways. Yeah, Unbreakable was okay, and Split was awesome as an effective thriller. Um, Dude, <laughs> Unbreakable. Dude, Split is not... Well, it is a thriller, but it's a horror movie, dude. <laughs> and then I missed Glass. That was the funniest part. I can't believe we missed Glass. And then I just let you guys talk about it. And it's like, oh, so that's that's crazy. Mm. Um, nah, but dude, Split is a horror movie, dude. It's a thriller more than I'd say. It's like a... It's a fancy, well-done episode of Criminal Minds. Yeah. I was not entirely spooked until I saw James McAvoy eating a woman's spleen. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then Dude. murder his therapist. Um, oh, Glass was so good. It wasn't even that good, though. It was alright. Folding ideas thought it was a bit... Thought it was a... Oh, you want to know what would be bad for the bad wheel for next 2020? Cats. Ooh, 
We have Mako on the blacklist, actually. You know what's kind of funny oh, about shit. Cats, though, is all things considered, is, like, the acting isn't even bad. The acting's not bad. The music's not bad. It's the visuals. It's all the visuals. Like, the movie's bad because of the visuals, not because, like... Uh, I mean, there's the more to it than that. There's, there's more to it than that. Like, I think, the, I think it barrels down. I, I want to do it. I want to do it, but, like, the... Yes, the visuals are insane. That was an insane decision. But the biggest decision is why would you ever make cats? Cats is not transferable to screen at all. No. All cats is is like cat after cat after cat singing a song, and then eventually they decide which sat, which cat is the saddest one, and they put that cat in a hot air balloon and they send that balloon into the sky, and that's okay, I guess. It's a fine stage show. It's a really somewhat. good stage show, but like. It's an movie. Not only that, but they change the choreography. They do a lot, like they don't, but they don't change the story. And of, yes, they add like the insane CGI to it too. Like that's it, that's getting updated. Yeah, well, it already got updated. Well, they didn't send out the final copy. That's the other thing. Um, I, I would. I think year. it's worth. I think it's worthy of it, not just for the way it looks, but because why would they ever decide to make that movie? Um, actually, you know what? We're going to do something impromptu real quick. Best. This is we're all here. This is the last episode of 2019. Most likely. Most likely. Um, best and worst of the decade. Hmm. Mm. It doesn't have to be just one movie. Just spit out what you the movies you liked and the movies you absolutely abhorrently despise with all your being. Um, I loved Mad Max. I, loved I was going to bring up Mad Max. That might actually be my favorite of the decade. Mad honestly. Max was pretty. But nice. then there's Fallout. Mad Max is better than Fallout. Fury Road's so good. Uh, On a pure artistic level, I have to agree. No, I would say in, like, every set situation, like, genuinely, Mad Max Fury Road's just better than than Fallout. Um, I do think Mad Max is better than Fallout, but I do think Fallout is, like, such an exceptional growth of a filmmaker and turn for a franchise. It's it, There's so much behind it outside of its achievement as a film, which, again, as a film, is pretty amazing. We... Yeah. We got to see the rise of John Wick. Yes. Um, it's the decade of action for sure. Decade really, of action for sure. Yeah. Let me tell you, dude. Dude, this is like, but dude, I gotta tell you, man. This year for like sci-fi and like yeah. movies, like, oh, Alex oh. Garland, Star Wars. Star Wars Alex. was Star Wars was reborn. For better or worse. Uh, Ryan Johnson was in true form this year. I mean, Game of Thrones. like This decade. He did Looper, Last Jedi, and Knives Out. Yeah, and like, not even that. Like, Alex Garland did Annihilation and Ex Machina. Um, Ex Machina is so good. Dude, Ex Machina. And then Marvel came to power as probably the biggest franchise of all time. Marvel, I mean, Lincoln was in this. Lincoln was all right. Like, Actually, like, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say my top. Why are... is in this? I mean, dude, no, like, dude, this decade's just a good 
decade, dude. Like it was crazy. God, like I can't. Beasts of Southern Wild. I mean, I've. Oh my god. I'm gonna go with Mad Max, Baby Driver, uh, Margaret for sure. Margaret. Social Change. Network. Um. One Spot Time in Hollywood. Probably, probably I would pick. Um, out of all the Aaron Sorkin stuff that came out this year, I really liked Moneyball a lot. But uh, yeah, Moneyball came the out this Wolf decade, didn't Wall it? Wall Street, man, the Wolf of Wall Street. Um, and um, Twin Peaks, The Return, for sure. Oh my God, dude, The Irishman is good. Lighthouse is good. I finally saw Lighthouse, by the way. I beat you. Oh my God, that movie is insane. Uh, oh, The Witch. Tree of Life for me. Tree of Life, um, Coco was great. Uh, oh like, yeah, A- animation took a step forward. I returned the form for that. Boyhood was good. I mean, oh my god, like I, oh god. Um, Ooh, here's a question. Gravity. Here's Gravity. here's one. Um, okay, Zach's just gonna keep going. Okay. No, oh, go ahead. Oh man, dude, like oh god, this this decade, dude. This is the best decade in film ever, I genuinely believe. Or, um, most underrated. Oh, dude, I would 100% say, like, Ex Machina or, like, Annihilation. Those movies are so good, and no one's going to remember them. Most underrated. Um, I feel like MacGruber... Should be a classic comedy. Oh, Birdman came out in this decade. I forgot. Birdmaid. Bird, bird made. Birdman came out. Uh, <laughs> that's her female. That's his female counterpart. Birdmaid. <laughs> Argo. Argo did come out in this this decade. Argo is so good. I think Charlize Theron has probably had the best career. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Rich underrated. I gotta ask myself that. That movie was great. Flew under the radar for me. Hardcore Henry. Hardcore Henry. The Disaster Artist. Zach. Zach. What? Calm down. No, man. This dude. You just keep going. You're just listing off movies. This is this is the decade that just like keeps on giving though. That's the thing though. I'm asking you to give the most underrated movie. I can't. Probably, probably Greta, any, anything by Greta Gerwig. I mean, I know people love Lady Bird and Little Women, but like, I she does. She's really on her way. I think. And you know, her stuff, like uh, Hannah. Yes, really good. You know, you know who's actually been really underrated, and it's not even saying that much because all his movies have done immensely well. But I think in the long term, like. People are going to look at, like, the two films that came out in this decade for him. Or, I guess, three? I don't know. He's had a few movies come out, like, this year that, like, he started off so medium, but got so good when given the opportunities that he deserved. Jordan Peele, dude. Jordan Peele. Yeah. Dude. But no, Austin I don't think he's underrated. Oh my god, he's I, underrated. I think he's underrated. He got an Oscar nom on his feature debut, so no. 
I love Jordan Peele, don't get me wrong, but his first two films are like critical darlings, and one of them was like nominated for Best Picture. His Got debut. It. No. I got, got it. it. Um, I love him. I do think he get out and us are super amazing. So to good. me, a movie that people have loved oh. in the moment. No, you know what? Zach. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Say your Just thing. get it out. No, get it out of your system. Just get you know, it all out of your system. You know what? actually underrated and it's like criminally underrated because the movie's so fucking good the Paddington mm. movies that is true yeah dude I agree those dude, movies are underrated they are criminally underrated because they're they are both underrated. incredibly well made and they're so good the second one's better than the first but like they're so good whenever yeah. I and I'm gonna I'm gonna sit it at that. Those two movies are criminally underrated. When I think about underrated, my yeah. mind goes my mind goes to animation. Honestly, because mm-hmm. yeah. like a move like a few movies, two movies that came out the same year, people loved in the moment, but then people kind of forgot as time went on. Zootopia and Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah. Blake. Just and then Spider-Man. And I, I, I told I totally agree with Kubo, and I also think that um the Bigfoot movie they made recently that's oh, got not for Golden Globe. Abominable. I'm sorry. No, not that. That was not abominable. No, no, no. Trust me, it was not abominable. I saw that with my mom. I heard that movie was really good. <sighs> it's all right. Uh, no, it was a different one, but it was with Hugh Jackman and Zach Galifianakis, and it's really good. Yeah. Oh, oh, missing link. I think missing missing link. Yes. I think. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I guess to- Toy Story three and four came out in this decade too. Yeah, there you go. Um, are- but when I think about the most underrated thing that I've seen this decade, yeah. that I don't think it's a lot of. I don't think it's enough. Uh, I'm afraid to say it because it's so stupid. Say it. It's, it's gonna because like it goes back to animation because I think so many so many animated movies flew under the radar. Say it. Kung Fu Panda two. Yeah, I mean it's good. I, don't I think freaking it's like... love that movie. Like start to finish, the score is like it's, perfection. It's... Chris, don't get me wrong; it's a really good movie, but like great. But it lost to under... Rango. It came out the same year to Rango, and it had no chance. But Rango's really good. Compared to that the is other... a movie that flew under the radar. Rango, yeah. Over time. Yeah. Dude, this decade, man, oh god, it was strong. It was very strong. Mm, yeah, I just Yeah. This Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I just keep looking at movies like on a list of like I just like have this filter that I just like looked at every movie that's come out and I just said it twenty ten and twenty 20 and i just like and like all these movies are fucking good yeah they're all like, 30 came out this decade zero dark 30 did come out this decade barely came out this decade and that movie's considered one of the best japanese movies to come out in the last 10 years um uh i mean we got to see the rise of bong what was his name the guy the who guy, made, the guy who made snowpiercer yeah, well, he made Parasite too, which is, he made, is like who made Parasite and uh... yeah, um, 
Wait, Days of Future Past came out in this gener- This Logan came out. <sighs> this this decade was the fall of Brian Singer too. <laughs> this was the fall of so many people. Um, um, just in the last like three years. Um, the new True Grit remake was pretty good. I if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I've seen it. Not the Borishan. Um. Three billboards that I saw two years ago. I love that movie. Uh, okay, guys. Okay, okay, okay. The worst. Ooh, ooh. I gotta double check. I gotta make sure it's it's in uh, in this generation or in this. Star generation. Wars: The Last Jedi. I'm kidding. Uh, no. Oh, I know it. I I have it. I have it. It came out in 2010. I got it. I know what it is. Alex, go oh, ahead. Oh, you guys go first. Alex, I'm gonna, Alex, you should go first. You guys all go first, but whatever your answer is, it's wrong. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that right now. I know what it I'm is. Stuck, I'm no, stuck go, between go ahead, two. Zach. Go ahead, what? Zach. I'm still trying. Zach, just go. Just go. The Last Airbender. Not even a question. That did That's come right. out this decade. Holy mother. 2010. Could you check me something real quick? Wait. Yeah. Oh, wait. 2010? Yeah. I think Lady in the Water was before that, correct? Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, 2006. Uh, I really hated Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> yeah, it's not as bad as Last Airbender. Oh man, I, I just I just looked it up on YouTube. Why did I do that? Wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. We're talking about the decade of the DCEU, right? Oh yeah, yeah that. Oh. No, no. Last Airbender is worse than anything the DCEU put up. Yeah, I agree. But for me, ugh, dude, Last Airbender was just bad. Just, just I horrible. Cannot recall. Oh. Independence Day Resurgence came out this decade. Yeah, that's just four. There's so much bad. It's so yeah. bad. This this generation definitely gave and it definitely took. Yeah, I can tell you, I can tell you what last decade the worst film I ever saw was though. Uh, Maybe more, I think we're I talking have, this decade. I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna say like your your last Airbender is a really good call, um, and then I would also say. For me, if I had a choice, like, I really, I really... It's hard, because Last Airbender really is bad. (laughs) But dude, though, um, (laughs) Batman vs. Superman is so confusing. It's confusing, but at least... That's probably the nicest thing you said about that movie. Yeah, exactly. That's the nice thing. It's confusing, but it's not as like That's one of, like, ten things I think that is wrong with that movie. Yeah. Like it's not just con- it's not just confusing, but yeah, it's con- it, that's the iceberg tip. Um, it's not yeah. as bad. It's it's not as bad as Last Airbender though. God, I can't. It's bad. Don't get me wrong. And it's probably a close close second, but it's not as bad. It's no, but they're both long. They're both boring. They both tr- no, completely no, piss no, all no. over. You know the why Last Airbender is oh, also oh, bad? God. Because it's not even why? long. Why? It's a hundred minutes. It's just over an hour and a half. It's and yeah, just... Batman vs Superman. No, oh god, no, dude. Yeah, I just like I don't think I've had. Like, I remember just watching Batman vs Superman, just being like, "What the hell am I looking at right now? What is going on? What am I doing here?" And then Suicide Squad, and I'm like, 
this is probably going to change things around. I'm like, this is a disaster start to finish. <laughs> just sitting there, dead fish. is like, this is awful in every conceivable way. Yeah, I think Zack has a good argument, but just like, there's something about Zack Snyder that I've always hated. <laughs> like, M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan can make good stuff. Yeah, he, he made Black and Split. I, he made Six Sense. Like, he, like the guy has made good stuff before. I, I'm, but and I think I just I don't know, man. Just, there's something about Snyder that I just have never ever liked as a storyteller. Like I can get into Shyamalan as a but like, and I guess if we're just looking at them as pieces of art, Snyder is much more appropriate for his visuals than anything that looks like anything in Last Airbender. Like, Honestly, the like, only mm, moment I have not the seen The Last Airbender in so long, and it's on the wheel. Super bad. I'm gonna be honest, though, all things considered, though, like, I actually enjoyed parts of 300, and I definitely liked Legend of the Guardians, uh, which is like, I think, mildly underrated for this decade. It was okay, but like it wasn't great, but it was fun. I've tried. St- I've tried watching that movie starting oh, so the- it at least twice, and I have not gotten past the first twenty minutes. Oh, I, I don't know. Numbers three, four, and five came out this decade. What came out? Transformers three, four, and five. Ooh, those are pretty bad. I really hate the fifth one. <laughs> <laughs> I really hate the fifth one. It's like, but do you think it's, it's as bad as Last Airbender, or do you think it's worse? You keep coming back to that and not leaving any room for either of us to give an argument. Well, to I'm it. asking if he thinks it's worse because I, that's one I actually don't like either. <laughs> a lot. Could could I watch the Last Night versus could I watch the Last Airbender? <sighs> well, that's either way, the right answer is Surfer Teen confronts Fear for you and me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is the worst thing that came out this year, and I love it. But it became the best viewing experience that we possibly could have asked for. Oh, sure, yeah. That doesn't make... that. Yeah, but then it, then it's entertaining. It's not like... <laughs> you don't it's not bad, then. It's that entertaining. So a full quarter of that movie is just a kid, like, kind of surfing. Just kind of. Here's the thing, though. Like, like at least you found entertainment out of it. Like, some of these <laughs> movies... They're hard to find entertainment out. Like last, last night, like bad, bad. I, like uh, I think you got a good argument. I I think um, it's it is super written. bad. It um, a surfer team confronts fear is probably one of the worst things I've seen in a long ass time, uh, in a theater. But like um, in terms of fun. like major studio productions, I hated Batman vs Superman. The last night is just assaulting to the eyes the way it transfers formats. Um, it's also just lazy. Um, and I think Last Airbender is a good call. I think that's a. I think somebody else. I think I'm going to be thinking about this for a bit, and people will be reminding me of stuff. Like, but I would watch Fantastic Four above Last Airbender. That is for sure. Would I watch Batman vs Superman again above Last Airbender? I don't know. Now that I know that it's like a like a little over an hour and a half, like it's an hour and 40 minutes. Um, yeah, I think, it, like, do I think I could sit and make fun of that movie, like, with a clean conscience, as opposed to making fun of Batman versus Superman? That's the other thing, like, 
I know like that's just a terrible idea executed as like as flashy as he possibly can and it's just terrible like all of these people are serving a terrible idea whereas like last airbender everyone's trying but really also ev- but like everyone should have known everyone should have known and yeah. Knight should have known yeah it was gonna be that's a, a fair that's a fair argument so yeah i'll give you last airbender i'll give you that it's pretty, it's pretty- uh, i am and you know what's even more like embarrassing about it is like half the actors <laughs> in it like great too like like literally like Cliff Curtis is great. I love Dev Patel. Sean Tobe is go- good. Asaf Madivi is like also great. These are all like great comedians that are all the villains. And then Dev Patel is an Academy Award nominee. And it's just embarrassing. It's bad. It's really bad. It's, it's really bad. Like it's, it's humiliating because, like, one of your leads is, like, truly a good actor. Oh, my God. And you just watch him fail horribly. And it's it's saddening. It hurts. I am stuck. Between? So much bad came out this decade that we have reviewed. Uh-huh. Independence Day Resurgence. Boring. Thank God we never had to talk about that again. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which oh that movie's just crazy, but I'd watch grew my hatred. For I would watch that movie before a lot of things, though. That's an bad as that movie is. Movie. Movie's crazy. It is crazy. Just insane on such an just and another what, level. And what's what's saddening is like half the movie has potential, and then the other half just you lose it. And you're just like this is nuts. Um. Well, that movie. Fantastic Beast Crown to Grindelwald. That was a hard one. I actually haven't even seen it yet. Yep. Dude, it it uh, uh, people my my friends liked it. I'm just like, this is one of the worst films I've seen this year. <laughs> I'm just I flat out oh, said it. It's uh, I I like read like the plot line on it and it just did that sounds- come out this year? Oh but my god, Crown to Grindelwald. That came out in March, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. Holy. It sounds crazy. Like, I read the plot line to it. I'm like, this just sounds crazy and terrible. I'm. I, I, um, what else came out? Uh, Book of Henry. God. Oh, yeah. <sighs> just bright. Bright was terrible. Um, that was fun the, sometimes. The Last Airbender. So bad. I disagree with that movie on just a fundamental level, aside from its source material. Oh, absolutely. But the movie is so bad; they're remaking it as a Netflix series. It's probably going to be as good as the original. I hate to say this, I can't make that step. I can't take that step and say I can't take. I no, the I can't take the step and say that. The Last Airbender was the worst I've seen this decade. Until I see it again. What's the Whenever worst? that be. But what's I can't... The, what... I was going to ask... Either be, it's either Batman versus Superman or Suicide Squad. 
Suicide Squad is a worse movie than Batman vs Superman. I absolutely uh, bow to that. that. Like Suicide Squad is a bad movie on fundamental levels. Um, I just hate the ideas behind Batman vs Superman as well as thinking it's a bad movie. But no, yeah, Suicide Squad is worse for sure. But is it worse than? Yeah, it's personally, personally, I hate Batman vs Superman, Suicide Squad. Like it, like I. I admit, I'm like it's a bad movie. It's worse than the other one. It's just like it doesn't make any sense. Although I may just have to go with the Iron Maiden of Pain itself. Uh huh. Is <laughs> where he just goes into a hair salon. He knocks over a coke, and <laughs> he goes into a hair salon that's supposed to be his military base. Doctor's office. <laughs> There's this weird. <laughs> yeah, Surfer Tinkerfoot's fair. I'm sorry. I... <laughs> it's okay, Chris. Chill out. Chill out. It, wins. it wins top spot for us for sure. But like, I, I think. In I terms think of movies we did re- not enjoy watching for any reason in particular, I think it's either Batman v Superman or Suicide Squad for me personally. It, 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 I, th- I would say between those, it would be Suicide Squad. So I would say the real, the real three contenders here, the ones that, without a doubt, you couldn't convince me of any other argument, and this isn't to piss anybody off at all, would be Suicide Squad, Last Airbender, and Rise of Skywalker. But it boo, but it boo. Wait, wait, not, not. Whoa. Oh, to say it's the worst, one of the worst of the decade? Nah, I'm just kidding with you, dude. I'm just running around. I was about to say, like, was nah, it it's really, really like. I will give you maybe, maybe worst blockbuster of the year, but decade. No, worst blockbuster of the year is could is like things like Fantastic Four, Spider Man. Fantastic I mean, Four came out this decade. What am I even? Yeah, it's no, Fantastic no. Four. I, I Fantastic Four was I bad. The real fight. The real fight is between, I think, Suicide Squad and Last Airbender. I would say those two are good. They're both really bad. Good choices. They're like, both really, really bad. But like for me, if I'm picking a movie that I absolutely did not enjoy watching start to finish, it was probably it was probably Suicide Squad. Yeah. No, no. Here's the question. But the real winner is Surfer Tinker Friends Fear. I mean, true, true. Now, now, here's the truest question: Which movie, or let me rephrase, which which franchise has gotten the best Cinderella story, or the best uh, the best redemption story? And I think I know the franchise. And uh, what? Chris, there's there's like a couple, and I think. Like, like obviously, Unbreakable is one of them because it got split and then it got glass. Which well, obviously, it's the Surfer Cinematic Universe. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, I think it's Transformers. <laughs> and the reason why is you go from Last Bumblebee. Night, which is, like, the worst in the franchise, to Bumblebee, which is, like, one of the best. Okay, I, I One of no, the best. I, I, I do hear you, Zach. I think that's a good turn from, from like really bad to good. I think the problem is it takes um, four films to get there. Uh, I think yes. the better and it, and, and it requires a director something change. Something like it requires a, It requires a director change who is the director of probably the most underrated movie of the decade, which is Kubo and the Two Strings. Zach, it's, fan, it's, it's Fast and the Furious, and you know it. That is true. 
Yeah, it's probably Fast Five. Wait, what year did... Hold on. Year did, the Fast Five came out 2011, right? If it came out 2011, that's that's one of the best movies of the year. Yep, of the decade, yep, 2011. Decade, yeah. Nope, then Fast and Furious is it, for sure. For sure, yeah, like, Fast and Furious. To go, to go from Fast 4 to Fast 5, Fast 4 is ridiculous. It, it's and then builds from Fast and then, 5. And the, and the director was like, let me fix it, and he did. 110%. Yeah. yeah. Fast Nine's coming out next year, too, by Justin Lin. Uh, yep, it's back. Right. Can't He's wait. Back. He's going to JJ it. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is... They got rid of Dwayne Don't Johnson. You gave him John dare C. say that about, like, if you were going like, to... Fast and Furious <laughs> is by Star Wars. I'm not going to have you say that about me. I'm going to flog myself to these. <laughs> <laughs> that was not my impression of you. That was my impression of me being an asshole doing an impression of you. Big difference. <laughs> Big difference. You know, uh, dude. Like, I think it's fast for sure. Justin Lin, like, he 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 made a good movie with Tokyo Drift. They gave him all the money and a bunch of CGI to do the fourth one. He said, "Can we not do CGI?" And he made Fast Five. And they were like, oh, my God. And he was like, I figured it out, guys. And they were like, let's do this. To and be fair, like, I, don't, I don't think they actually dragged a um, bank safe for several blocks. I don't they, think they, they actually they, did that. But they, they didn't CGI it is the point. You know, you know, it's kind of really interesting. You know, who's gotten quite a very interesting career post Game of Thrones thinking about this? This actually is directly related to Fast and Furious, by the way. Uh, surprise, and this is beyond the fact that, like, um, what's his name's gonna be in Eternals and all that, and uh, Amelia Clark's still going strong at whatever this she's is the decade of Keanu Reeves, by the way. Yes, but uh, Natalie Emmanuel has had quite a career since Game of Thrones, by the way. It's one of the decades of Keanu Reeves. If you don't think that motherfucker owned the 90s, then you're yeah, wrong. Yeah. Jeez. It was the it was the the second coming. It was the Matrix. <laughs> Great speed and Matrix all in one decade. Yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah. Let Let me tell you a secret about Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves is what every man wishes they were. The dude genuinely yeah, respects boyfriend. Men. The dude respects women. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes. Yes, I know. But yeah, Keanu Reeves. Um, now hear me out. Now hear, now hear me right, out. All right, all right. Keanu Reeves. On, but okay. Keanu Reeves. Play. Who uh, was uh, the? Some people are trying to push for Keanu Reeves to play. I can't remember now. Um. They they're making a bunch of jokes about it on like on the. Moon, oh no no no. You know, what I'm thinking because Keanu Reeves looks just like him. I just shoot. John Wick. No. I do not know. He looks no. exactly like John Wick. No, well, that's his John Wick shit. <laughs> um, it's like a Star Wars movie or something, or like like a Marvel movie or something. I can't Punisher? Remember. No, he wouldn't play Punisher. No, they're... Moon Knight. What? Moon Knight. No, 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 no. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm at, I'm at a loss here. Constantine? <laughs> my sarcasm if you haven't noticed is wonderful um 
No. Oh my god. I I saw it and I can't think about it. There's like a drawing of someone like what if Keanu Reeves was in this and I can't remember what it was. Uh, he's given us a I'm looking this up. I gotta I gotta figure it out. Oh, well, one of them was Keanu Reeves plays Itachi Uchiha. That that's one of them. <laughs> um another one people was talking about was like Keanu Reeves <laughs> doesn't even answer the question. I know who is that? I don't know. He's from Naruto, man. I don't know Naruto. Oh, Naruto, why? No. No, Keanu Reeves would be great in that. But Just beyond, stop. That, beyond the fact that uh, Keanu Reeves also could be in a live-action remake of Howl's Moving Castle. He plays Howl. They and should yeah. not. I mean, under any under no circumstance, they should not. Remake they should that? not go into Ghibli's catalog and do live-action. Well, you know Howl's Moving Castle's a book before it was a movie, right? Then do the book not the animated movie well the animated movie is based on the book though but don't do the live action as a remake of the animated show of the animated animated movie movie is literally a one for one the book do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth yes i'm telling you it's impossible to not do that (sighs) you're not getting what i'm saying no i'm telling you you're wrong no you, you don't you don't understand what i'm saying don't, don't don't recreate the animated movie. But I think you'd be a great howl. You could do the best. Do you understand that The Witcher is different? The Netflix show is different from the video game. That's what I'm talking about. We're talking two different mediums here. We're talking two different styles. Oh, that's beyond the fact that the literally the show takes place like 50 years before the games. <laughs> Whatever. You get what I'm, you everybody at home. You get what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying. I don't think they get what you're saying. But don't. Remake the animated movie shot for shot, beat for beat. Take the book, do a live action version of that away from the ideas that uh, the portrayals that the animated movie presents. Don't make those. Take the book, make concepts of your own and make that into a live action film. Don't take the ideas that the animated film presented and make that. That's what I'm saying. What What's wrong with that, though? I think Keanu Reeves would be... It would just be a remake. Whatever. Move on. Move on. Move he's on. A- move on. A- I am yeah. angry, because you don't understand what I'm saying. Move on. Yeah, I get it. I get it from both sides. I do. Anyway, Die Hard 2. Yes. Electric Boogaloo. Actually, Electric it's called Boogaloo. Die Harder, but they're both ridiculous. Die Harder. Well, it's definitely the electric boogaloo, though. Bruce Willis's Bruce Willis's uh, bulge will be much hard, much bigger this time, and uh, yeah. So, twenty nineteen, everybody, heck of a decade. Um, good, bad. It took a toll on us, but uh, we're back. We're gonna keep going until until one of us dies. Um, yes. or just or just moves on to better things. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, we love you, Chris. I'll still be here talking into the ether. Exactly. But uh, yeah. So 
There you go, everybody. Uh, 2019 and the decade of the the time between January 1st, 2010, and December 31st, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So next so year we will start out with Die Hard 2, Die Harder. It'll be a great start. Yeah. Hey, uh, it's Die Hard. Not X Men. Boogaloo. Excuse you. It's not X Men. Um. All right, so with that, we will promptly get out of your way and let you do whatever you were doing before you started listening to this podcast. All right, so uh, go back to typing or whatever. You just we'll just be over your shoulder looking quietly. Yeah, exactly. We'll just be stalking you every moment of your day. Um, Yippee-ki-yay, everybody. Say goodbye, guys. What's your phone's password? Yippee-ki-yay, mother. <laughs> Sorry, Alex, that took me by surprise. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, what, what is it, though? <laughs> what, audience? I would be surprised email. if we got if we suddenly got an email from everybody <laughs> what their phone passwords are. Yeah, we saw like you, and we're like, oh, we get it. Oh. <laughs> it's like um, in Sherlock. See, um, it's like, I am Sherlocked. Are Are you Except instead of an E, it's a three. <laughs> <laughs> All right, legit. Yippee ki yay! Um, Master movie reviews and essays. Where he can't get interrupted. Exactly. <laughs>